The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, the host of the Insert Name FC podcast, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And you can find us also on all things podcasting, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. We're also available on YouTube. Please find us on YouTube and please subscribe. That's how you can find the video version of me and my co-host and best friend, Errol Robles here, which you won't see his face because... Um, well, we we are, he's already explained it. We don't have to go over it again. So in front of him is actually the Insert Name FC logo. So this is where you can see the video version of the podcast. So please subscribe um, because we're trying to grow that as well. And the main reason why we're now having a video podcast now is because we are also available on Goals TV, which is the Hulu of soccer content. So there's also yes, sir, that. Yes, sir. But yeah, so um, obviously joining me as always is my best friend. Eric Robles. What is up, guys? Obviously, Edward was not available last week because I was not recording it on Monday like we usually do because, uh, kind of how I mentioned it before, it was my mother's birthday. So, so I recorded and, it. With, that's why I recorded it with Kelsey. Yeah, and Mondays are usually the best days for me because last week, too, um, had the boys on that Tuesday, then Wednesday, had to take them to school. I take care of some stuff, and yeah, it's just it, basically during the week, it's just pretty bad for me. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So, so that's the main reason why. But, but yeah, another international break is is over. We're back to regular scheduled football. Um, so that's gonna be great. Um, so in this episode, we are gonna talk about once again overreactions, like we always do after every weekend of soccer. Uh, we have some headlines to talk about. Um, some very funny headlines because there's a very iconic thing that happened this past weekend that I, I, I still can't believe happened, but it happened. Um, the first round one, well, not the first one, the, but round one of the MLS Cup playoffs has passed. And this weekend, MLS Cup conference semifinals, after being off for what feels like now 21 days, um, is back in action. So, and, you know, obviously we're talking about MLS Cup, so we'll be having Jose Tejas of Goals TV, the founder, the creator of Goals TV, will be joining me, and we're going to be talking about that because, obviously, it's easier to talk to somebody that likes MLS when you when you have a Euro snob as your co-host. So, <laughs> Shots fired. Even though he's not really much of a Euro snob because he also likes League of Mechies. So, yeah, yeah. So there's also that. Uh, but... Me and Eric would all would all obviously have our players of the week to announce, give you guys some games that are coming up this this coming weekend as we're back to regular scheduled programming. Um, and obviously MLS Club playoff is still a thing, and Liga Mekis 
is kicking off this weekend as well. So get ready for that. And we're going to wrap this show up with a Reddit reading. And this time we're going to go to a other region of Reddit. Obviously, last time we did a Reddit reading, we did Am I the Asshole? Which still, I still think is a very interesting segment of Reddit that is very, I get some very good, good reads from there. But we're actually <laughs> going to go to a segment called Ask Men. So Ask Men is a, a section of Reddit where people just ask men the questions that they have yearned for. So we'll see if me and Network are, 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 are up for the task of answering these, these questions. So basically it's, are we men enough to answer these questions? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. So pretty big episode. So we'll go ahead and take a break and then we'll go right to it with our overreactions from the past weekend. Are you ready to elevate your sports betting experience? Look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook. Why choose DraftKings Sportsbook? Unmatched variety. Bet on your favorite sports leagues or discover new ones to follow. Live betting. Test your instincts and feel the adrenaline as you bet in real time while a game unfolds. Promotions and boosted odds. DraftKings keeps the excitement going with a range of promotions, odds boosts, and special offers. And a user-friendly interface. Whether you're a seasoned better or new to the game, DraftKings' intuitive platform makes placing bets a breeze. Ready to dive in? BillyUp Sports has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook to give you an exclusive offer. Sign up at dkng.co forward slash bellyup150 and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 or more. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your love for sports to the next level. Sign up today and let the games begin. Please gamble responsibly. 21 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and... Well, Instagram... Instagram, Twitter, formerly known as Twitter. Obviously, now it's called The X. Um, on at insert name FC. You can also follow us on TikTok at insert.name.fc. Um, for for some dumb soccer content over there, um, but Edward, what's your first overreaction from this past weekend of the international break? Well, mm, the overreaction that I have is that France just demolished. Uh, how do you say that country? Gibraltar. Gibraltar, like demolished like i've not seen something like that in a yeah. long time so there was so, a, uh, I mean, a question there was a inter they interviewed mbappe after the game and was like there was nine different goal scorers in this game and mbappe's response was well there's 10 if you count the own goal no oh. <laughs> so yeah it was it was pretty rough this it was, is it was pretty brutal it was brutal like i i think so i mean it's france not gonna lie, <clears throat> but you would think that after I don't know four goals, you would think they'd be like, "All right, you know, we're gonna slow it down and just keep control of possession of the ball, let Mbappe do his dribbling, <clears throat> you know, just just do that, you know." But I guess they were just like, "No, we're gonna go ahead and keep going." I mean, the first goal was scored in the third minute which was a known goal. And then a minute later, there was another goal. Um, guys that had multiple goals this game was Kylian Mbappe, who had a hat trick. Uh, Kingsley sure. Coleman, who had two goals. And Olivier Giroud, who scored two goals, literally two minutes apart from, from everything. 
Yeah. Oh, also, the player that scored the own goal got ejected for a red card. So, I bet you he was mad and so was the team with him. He he got red carded like 15 minutes after he got he scored the own goal. So, he definitely let that linger for a bit. Yeah. Oh, also, Gibraltar had no had no shots on target and had zero shots. They had like 27% of the possession. Okay. They only completed 244 passes to France's 635. Mm. They didn't even beat them in fouls. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> the only thing they beat them in was in red cards. So. Well, I mean, I mean, can you, like... Dude, I just don't – I have no idea how that – France had 39 shots, and 20 of them were on target. Yeah. That is – that's rough. Rough. Yeah. What a – what a – what a shellacking. Dude, what, so, so that is my overreaction because, like I said, I was expecting maybe four, five goals tops. Was not expecting the – bombardment of goals like that like i was not expecting that yeah i think if you're if you want to get like an american reference as to like what this what this beating is it's like if alabama played uh harvard Harvard has a football team harvard does have a football team They're, they're that bad um, well, they don't, they don't play in any, like they only play Ivy League schools. So they don't, they don't play, it's not like they go play like LSU the or big... University of Texas. Like, yeah. They stay in their bubble and they keep it that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's like if Harvard was decided, Hey, let's play Alabama. Like, I think that's exactly kind of the same shellacking that we, that we would have seen. Oh man. So. Unless you're talking about Damn. a debate contest, I think maybe, maybe that's where Harvard wins, but. Uh, definitely not in the game of football. No. <laughs> At least American football. But, but yeah. So yeah, that was no. I agree. That was a pretty bad game. A really rough game. Um. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was. A, I yeah. I can't even. I'm just like it is something I hadn't seen in a long time. Hector heard my reaction. He heard my reaction of. Of how I, like what I saw, I thought it was a typo. Nope, it wasn't. Nope. It was um, not a typo. So my overreaction for this past weekend is, uh, Mexico is in quite the predicament. Um, if you guys don't know, during this international break, the Concacaf teams have been doing their Nations League matches. Um, and the thing is about the the current because it's a two leg two leg uh matchup right now so as actually as a matter as we're recording this right now USA is about to go play against Trinidad Tobago for their second leg and USA is currently up three nil on Trinidad Tobago so um they'd have to be playing really bad to to screw this up so yeah so, so there's that on the other side though even though that three nil victory was probably like the most frustrating three nil victory I've ever experienced in my life. Um, but Mexico, on the other hand, they have Honduras as their matchup. Now, if you guys remember me and Kelsey, we talked about the importance of this match, not necessarily just to continue on with the nation's league, but these, if you, the winners from these, this, this round of playoffs 
qualifies for Copa America. So if, say, Mexico... so All right, so the situation with Mexico is right now is they are down 2 nothing to Honduras. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so they're down 2 nil to Honduras. Luckily for them, though, um, they, their game's going to be tomorrow, which obviously you guys know recording on Monday, so the match is on Tuesday. So we, you know, by the time this episode, maybe I'll do like a, like a slip in right, like right after I say this, uh, that maybe Mexico, which I mean, it's favorable for Mexico. If there's a time to be down two nothing in on on aggregate, the perfect way is to have that second leg to be in Mexico in Estadio Azteca. So, but. Not every, not everything is uh is glamorous right now in Mexico because it's still there's still struggles. It's it's a uh, now people are worried that maybe this Mexico te- that Santiago Jimenez isn't enough to make Mexico good. Um, there's there's mm. there's been a lot of big a lot of complaints. Look, am I gonna be happy to see Mexico not make it to Copa America? Yes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat you. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna love it. I have nothing. Damn. I have no ties to Mexico. <laughs> so I okay, mean, uh, I mean, Edward does. <laughs> uh, My kids, his kids, but yeah, um, half. yeah. So it 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 is gonna be really really crazy if Mexico ends up. But then, so here's my overreaction. I think if Mexico if Mexico somehow doesn't beat Honduras on Tuesday, which I'll say, cue update here. All right, so update. Uh, Mexico did in fact. Uh, find a way to win as they were able to win in Azteca 2-0 which went to penalties and they won 4-2 in penalties very controversial win did seem like CONCAF did in fact try to make sure Mexico not only made it to the semifinals of the CONCAF Nations League but also to make it to uh, the Copa America that's coming up in the summer of 2024 so CONCACAF did, in fact, uh, help Mexico out because, yeah, very controversial win. We'll probably talk about it next episode, but, yeah, so that that happened. That happened. Um, If Mexico doesn't, uh, you know, if, if Mexico doesn't beat Honduras somehow, do you think somehow CONCACAF, is going to try a find try to find a way to get Mexico into Copa America. Excuse me. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now. I am confident that Mexico is gonna win the second leg. Okay. okay. Everything is you perfect. Put in, you put in, you put in the faith in Mexico. In the in that situ- in that situation, you're telling me you're down two nothing, and you're gonna be in in Estadio Azteca. Like all you have to do is score two goals, which I mean is is possible in, in Azteca. You score two goals yep. in Azteca, you at least go to extra time and maybe for, maybe go to penalties if needed, or you can outright just score three goals. Obviously, uh, straight up win three nil, and you move on to the next round, which I think is very possible because we are talking about Stadio Azteca. It is a fortress in there. It is high altitude. It's it's everything that the as best of a home field advantage as if U.S. was playing in Minnesota on a cold winter night. So like. It's a good advantage for them. They're going to take advantage. They should be taking advantage of it. And so I think, I will say confidence Mexico is going to beat Honduras. But in the event that it doesn't happen, and this is going to be our, 
if this doesn't happen, I'm definitely going to use this as a as a as a potential reel or, or be found as a clip for TikTok. Do you find do you believe that somehow Copa uh not necessarily Copa America, but I guess also you can throw Copa America in there. Is there are they going to try to find a way to put Mexico into the tournament? They might. They might. Mm. I don't think there wouldn't be any way to do it unless if they're like, hey, so because there's a game that's going to happen in Mexico, Mexico has to, you know, like they're going to try to do something if, if that's the case, you know. Because you're a losing host. a ton of viewership if you don't, if Mexico's not in Copa America. That is such a big viewership that you're about to lose. Yeah. Which, once again, I'm going I'm to say it again. I am a hundred percent confident right now that Mexico is going to beat Honduras. I yes, mean, that, two nil is not like the worst it's situation. Not a, it, it's not a. It's not a. It's not a. The worst situation was. It's, that, it uh, was embarrassing for them. And, like, I'll, I'll say that it's embarrassing for them, but like, I mean, it, it hasn't been great for Mexico as of lately. The the really bad situation was when Germany screwed uh, Brazil when they fucking bombarded them with goals. Wait, what? Oh, when they played yeah. in the World Cup in Brazil. Yep. Uh, I was that like, was that was. I was like, what the fuck bad. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, um, that was bad. No, but I mean, it, the there obviously everyone has their complaints about about the last la. You can't even say L three anymore. They they lost their they lost the rights to say L three, um, but yeah. um, mi selección. Even though it feels weird me saying that, um, but <laughs> el, el selección um, for Mexico it's it's a uh, it's been co- it it's not the same Mexico from years before. It's not the same team. Like it's that, not that twenty fourteen team. I will I will I will probably say is one of the best teams that we ever saw from Mexico. Um, you know, and then obviously. The thing is, is just that there, there's not like any young players that like excite me right now. Like, you know, looking at that Mexican team right now, like Luis Romo, um, if there was somebody better, I think I would much rather see him. Um, Jorge Sanchez, I think I feel like we've we've seen him when it comes to playing against a really good winger doesn't pan out too well. So like, it's a it's a weird thing, you know what I mean? Um, but. But yeah, it's the this Mexico team, and then also what hurts even more is that you know Memo Ochoa I think got injured during that Honduras game, so like it's like they need to move on from the old guard. But is there anybody right now that's like besides Santi Jimenez that makes you excited about the future of Mexico? Mm, yeah, that's that's what I was about to say. I was like, I, I think if you can leave like the striker position to Santi Jimenez. Uh, hold on, like, Santi Jimenez. Like for for example, Marcelo Flores, like the guy that a lot, and I was I was actually really excited about seeing when he was going to make a senior debut. He's back in Tigres now. Well, I don't know. Back, never, I don't know if you ever went to if he was at Tigres before, but now he's at Tigres now. Um, Diego Linus, you know, someone that everyone thought was going to be another big potential Mexican winger, right? You know, he's he's playing in Tigres now. We're weirdly enough during Tigres. Uh Chucky Lozano, which I still say the dude still has like a few more years left in him. Um oh, yeah. you know, there's rumors now of him going to the MLS, whether it's for the Galaxy or LAFC. Either way, 
tickets going to be sold up the wazoo for him. But I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's ready yet to go to the MLS. I think he needs to stay put in Europe because I think the dude has still plenty of. He still, he still got the good two. He's only, two he's only twenty nine. He still got the good, good two years and then. Yeah, so I'm like, but but then after that, I don't. There's no names that like excite me now for Mexico. Besides I mean, Santi Jimenez. Yeah, I mean, um, what was I going to say? I mean, if you think about it... Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm being Carlos mean. Edson Alvarez. Edson Alvarez is also still a good one. Um, I was going to say... Um, when... What was it? Who else was up and coming when Chucky was there? Uh, Takatito, but then he got attacked by injury. Oh, he just got... He just, he just, he just got injured. He just got injured so much, man. Probably would... If it wasn't for the injury, he probably would be the best Mexican right now. He would, I think, man. Shoot. Yeah. Now I'm like, now, now I'm really thinking. I'm like, man. I was like, I don't know, man. It's a lot. I mean, of... now you have dual nationals that are getting they're getting looks over now. You know, Kionis. Mm-hmm. I, I think he 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 actually made the switch from Colombia to Mexico. Um, who else? I mean, obviously, you know, Funes Mori, but I'm sure not many Mexicans want to see him playing for Mexico right now. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but now you have dual nationals now playing for Mexico. Uh, you yeah. know, Julian Arajo, he made the switch. Uh, David Ochoa, yeah, that panned out. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird, man. This is it's it's a it's a weird time in Mexico, man. I don't know. If, you know, there's been the complaints about Liga Mekis, like they they uh they they hold players too long in Liga Mekis. You know, you know. So like, I think that the worry now is that we don't they don't send enough. I don't know why I said we they don't send enough Mexican players to Europe so they can develop, which is kind of like the argument now that like that's the reason why American players are the you know the US team is getting better is because all their best players are in Europe. Um I mean it's a fair argument, but I don't know if that because I mean back then Mexico they didn't have many players in Europe. They they most of the no, they were came, all straight from yeah, most America of players, or Chivas. Yeah, most of them were playing in Liga Mekki. So I don't necessarily think it's is uh Liga Mekki's fault. Well, I mean I think what Liga Mekis is doing and not taking advantage of making those splash those splash moves from those players, getting that money from Europe, you know, for not taking advantage of that more. Yeah, there but that's a whole other thing, not necessarily a, a player thing, you know what I mean? Um Yeah. But like, yeah, because uh was it Chavez? I think right Chavez, the midfielder, he's playing in Russia right now, I think. Um, which I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I think that dude should be playing in Spain because Chavez is another player that I thought was is really good, but you know, right now playing in Russia, not saying that Russia is a bad league to play in, but he's not necessarily gonna get like the he's not gonna get looked at over there, you know what I mean? Yeah, if anything, the only the only teams possible that's high that might look at him, possibly somewhere in the Netherlands, Ajax, PSV. You know, somewhere, something like that, but he won't but that's not a bad like, place either. It's not a bad place, but he he probably he won't get looked at like Manchester United. You know, yeah. he won't get looked at by Manchester City. If anything, he won't get looked at by the big by the big teams. You know, like Edson Alvarez. I mean, how long was he in Ajax? Uh, so he made his move to West Ham. Yeah. He moved to West Ham. Like, like I mean, yeah, West Ham is still a pretty big move. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not like you know, shitting on that move, but I mean, like, you know, Edson Alvarez was being rumored, was being linked to, like, Borussia Dortmund. You know what I mean? Like, 
no offense, but I think I'd rather go to a club like Dortmund than go to West Ham. <clears throat> but then they are still Premier League. <laughs> I mean, no, but but yeah. So this this your reaction is only that if Mexico doesn't make it to Copa America, I think it's gonna be hilarious. But I still feel like somehow they're gonna find a way to get <laughs> get Mexico in Copa America. If that makes okay, any so, sense. So so is your overreaction? So is your overreaction? Uh... Mexico might not make it to the cup or that they're going to find a way to make it into the cup. Maybe in this scenario, I think they're going to find a way to make it to the cup, whether it's just beating Honduras outright, which I still think they're capable of doing it. Or I think someone steps in and cause you know, once again, you're missing a huge chunk of viewership when you lose Mexico in a big tournament like Copa America. Right. That's going to be mean, in the U S yeah, and that's what to say. And clearly, you know, it is, it is. Uh, <clears throat> Mexico has the fan base, so mm-hmm. for them to miss out on that, uh, it's like when we were joking, we were like, "Damn!" I was like, "Mexico might not be in the World Cup," you know? Like we were even talking about it, like, "Oh man, they're not." The World Cup's gonna lose money. Like, there's gonna be a lot of people that are not gonna go. They're not gonna watch. Like, the viewership's gonna go down. We were even, we were basically, I guess you could call it, it was maybe a joke, not really a big joke, but we were, we knew we were, we were right. But yet they made it. I think U.S. US saved their, their hides, I think, to get into the World Cup. Because <clears throat> I think it was like when they were playing. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I could see it. I could see that they might pull something off. I'm talking about like, Oh, so actually in Mexico, it turns out, you know, they actually had this many points and there was a, you know. It's going to be a rough situation. It's going to be a rough situation for Mexico because if you, if you somehow can't beat, if you, if you can't somehow scrap out a two nil victory or a a three nil victory, or just obviously just have more goals, you know, more goals in Honduras in that, in Australia Azteca. Like if you if you somehow not able to get enough do enough to advance to to the semifinals for Nations League, and I'm not saying that Nations League is a bragging point or anything for Honduras, maybe. Um, but like because now you're adding that caveat that like the teams that finish in the semifinal are the teams that advance into Copa America, like that adds a whole other thing, a whole other layer that's like important. And so if Mexico doesn't qualify for Copa America. It is going to lead to a, another firing. Lozano's out. I'm I'm just gonna say that right there. Like I don't think they keep him, especially after that. Um, I don't know if the federation's gonna end up trying to say, hey, we gotta fix this because it's been rough for for quite some time for Mexico, and they still haven't seemed to make the 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 proper corrections to it. But there's gonna this is gonna be like that eye opening moment where Mexico's gonna like we need to fix this or else by 2026. Which also they lucked out that 2026 they're one of the host countries because they're automatically in the World Cup. There's nothing. Yeah. There. But like, say if they're if if it wasn't if they weren't the host nation and they didn't qualify, you know, all the things that happened for the U.S. in 2018 is basically what's going to happen to Mexico. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so like instead of it the World Cup, it's Copa America, which I mean maybe maybe some Mexico fans could would prefer that, but. You're talking about an opportunity to play against Argentina, play against Brazil in competitive matches. You know, you don't want to miss out on that. And I think 
if only if and obviously once again only and if only if Mexico doesn't beat Honduras, which I still think is possible, it's still gonna happen. Um, maybe I jinxed them, maybe I didn't, I don't know, but <laughs> um, it's it like it, it's just everything is perfect for Mexico right now because it's in Azteca, you know, it's a team that they normally you know beat anyways. Um, but I mean, don't think Honduras is gonna just walk, let them walk over them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. They, no, Honduras, Honduras has that, like you say, Honduras has that dog in them. So they, they do they not. Gonna... <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, not not the dog we thinking of. Maybe a, a small little dog, you know, a small little dog. <laughs> they have that shit too in them. <laughs> I got. They got that shit too in them. Yeah. So, but. But yeah, nah. I mean, truthfully, like, yeah, like, like I agree with you. Like, uh, if they don't make it, yeah, they're gonna lose so much potential, and it's gonna be an eye-opening situation where they're gonna be like, "Damn, we gotta, we gotta do something about this." Mm-hmm, exactly. But all right, that's our reactions. We're going right into headlines. So the first headline is there is some rumors of Luka Modric wanting out of Real Madrid. So Borja Kuse, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna assume that that's how you pronounce that last name, is a uh, Luka Modric's agent, and he has hinted that not saying that you know Modric has stated it, but that he has hinted that there is some teams in Saudi Arabia that are very much interested in bringing Luka Modric over there in January. So instead of waiting till his contract runs out with Real Madrid, uh, there's Saudi Arabia is ready to just dish out the money, which I mean in in hindsight, maybe Real Madrid isn't against it because obviously they're still in need of a nine. So that money from Saudi Arabia could come in very handy for them, especially if they're trying to make a big move come January. And also because, you know, Real Madrid's looking like they're going to be dealing with some injuries because that's great. <laughs> um, just from, from this international break. But, but yeah, so I mean, the, re- the reason why this is getting brought up is because Obviously, Luka Modric, well, I mean, he's not young anymore. I mean, we've been saying, I don't know how long, we, how many times we've said this at this point about Luka Modric. He's, he's just not getting younger. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's, I think, I think he's 36 years old now. 36, 37, so, somewhere around there. So far this season, he's played 15 matches, but has only started in six, which means, obviously, the rest of the games, he's been coming off the bench. Um, Which, I mean, if you're a player like Luka Modric, or any player in in general, especially the caliber of Luka, where Luka Modric is, because I would say maybe he's Croatia's greatest player, like in history. What about Mandzukic? Mandzukic is a good name, but I mean, like, look, <laughs> look what look what what uh, Modric what I think is Modric's generation. I, I I should probably put that as an emphasis, but you know, obviously, like Luka Modric has been the captain. For 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 uh, Croatia, I think also in 2018. So he's he's been part of this team, and I mean they made it pretty far in both of those World Cups. Um, I think there's they're they're actually in contention for the Euro as well right now. Um, and Modric still, I don't know if Modric still plays, but um, but obviously Modric, I keep saying that he, the man has found the 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 fountain of youth sometimes the way he plays. But once again, the other thing is the Real Madrid. Has a lot of young midfielders, a yeah. lot of them. Uh, Federico Valverde, Bellingham. People forget that he's a he's a midfielder. He is a midfielder. He just 
scores a lot of goals. <laughs> um, uh, he has that fucking power kick, man. Uh, Traumani and Kamavinga. Uh, then Danny Ceballos. Some people forget about that guy. Um, but yeah, so like there, <laughs> there's a lot of younger. I'm not gonna say all of them are young, but a lot of younger midfielders than Luka Modric and Tony Cruz and Luka Modric are kind of being pushed out on the wayside because, well. Real Madrid's got to move on at some point. You know, it's not that these guys are falling off. It's just they're just not. They, the, have, they they're just not they, the same players. Can't. Yeah. So if the rumor is true that he wants more, and I mean, Luka Modric came out and made a statement that he loves Real Madrid, which is kind of what. Obviously, this is all before the injuries happen because, like, once again, Kamavinga is dealing with some injuries. I think Tuchemi as well. So you're you're gonna you're definitely gonna need them now more than ever. Um so I think it's a little bit different now in the current situation now for Real Madrid. But I mean Luka Modric, at the end of the day, you still want to play. Um does he leave right now to go to Saudi Arabia or I mean there's still that rumor of him going to the MLS and playing with inner Miami. Um but do you see Luka Modric leaving in January? I don't think January. He he may want. Hey, let's put it this way. He may want out now because of not because like oh I don't want to be in Real Madrid anymore. But it's like he senses it. Like he senses it. Like it's he already knows it's my time to go. Like my time to move on. You know. I think he may wait till the summer. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, like he wants his farewell to to be like right as soon as the season's ending. I'm sure, like I'm a hundred percent of that. Yeah, and 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 once again, right now with Real Madrid now dealing with with some key injuries in the midfield, I don't, I don't, I don't, th- I don't see them uh, letting Madrid go now because they definitely need him to to help out with depth. Um, but yeah, um, at least I don't think Real Madrid is now personally inclined because once again. Modric or a, I don't know if Modric is just trying to stir some buzz or what what he's trying to do. Being an agent, I think, is like the more important is what he's actually being, uh, which is, right. is it is his job to do it. But I don't a January move like at the end of the day, the Real Madrid still has agreed to it. Now, if if the club wanted to speak to, you know, Luka Modric and you know basically setting up a contract for when his contract is up with with him, that's a whole different story. But for him to leave in January, that would require that for them and Ram- for the club in Saudi Arabia, whether it's Al Nassar, Al Ittihad, or whatever, how many other guys, whatever Al it is, um, you know, wow. <laughs> you know, it, it, it all it all is going to be dependent on what uh what Real Madrid does, uh with with uh with with uh Luka <laughs> with Luka with Luka Modric. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's just the big thing. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the end to, it's kind of like bittersweet. Like, he gave Barcelona such a hard time a lot of the time. But to watch him leave La Liga, yeah, it's, it's, it's heart-wrenching a little bit. Yeah, I think he's, it's just, a, he's a hell of a good player. It's, it's like the end of an era, you know, because like I, especially 
where when Luka Modric, uh, a young Luka Modric, those were some pretty loaded Real Madrid Barcelona teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with yeah. a lot of legendary players. So I mean, we might have to take a look back at like on a, a, a throwback team from, from Real Madrid Barcelona. Just yeah, just remember, remember the times. If I look, if I keep looking back, it's because Trinidad and Tobago are playing USA right now. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. So Luka Modric, uh, I I think he's staying put at at Real Madrid. I don't think he's going elsewhere. Uh, at least yeah, not. At least not till the not, end of this season. Not not anytime soon. If anything, if anything, maybe he'll get convinced for one more season. But that's it. Like I think that would be it. So they can like, you know, have him have him leave. Like actually have time to plan out. I mean, no lie, fucking <clears throat> half a season is enough time to plan. You know, somebody's uh, farewell. Uh, you know, in the stadium and everything. But maybe they might want like one more year to actually plan it right and everything. Like you know, all they, all they do. It's like Every Vin, time they want their one they last do. ride. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, hey, Modric is basically the Vin Diesel of that. You know. Who's a? Uh, I was gonna say Paul Walker, but no, let's not do that. <laughs> let's, let's not go there. Um, but all right, the next headline is Alessandro Florenzi. He is now the newest name of Italian players that have been put under investigation in the Italian betting scandal. Which, if you guys don't know the Italian betting scandal, um, it's been discovered now that there's been a lot of Italian players that have been betting. On their ma- on their matches on their team's matches, uh, for quite some time. And the really the player that initially got caught was, uh, Fagioli of Juventus, who we end up discovering that this kid has kid, kid. I I got to point that out. Um, maybe not kid, but young play. This young man. Um, he uh he basically. Accumulated over three million dollars of debt, um, and was struggling. Damn. I, yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. So, anyways, he ends up getting caught for betting, and during his, uh, what's it called when they uh when they interview you, uh, deposit deposition. During his deposition, yeah. he basically, uh, mentioned some names, and the names that were initially mentioned was uh. Nicolo Zaniolo, who I believe currently plays in West Ham or Aston Villa. I just know it's one of those color schemes. It's that color, that color scheme. That's the only thing I can think of. I, he might be West Ham. I, maybe West Ham. And the you other mean, thing, like that purple and gold? Well, it's like maroon? Maroon. Burgundy burgundy or maroon? Something like that. But it, it, I think it's West Ham United that I think he plays for. But... uh. Nicola Zaniolo was one of the names that he dropped. And then he also mentioned Sandra Tonali. And if you guys don't know, Sandra Tonali has already been suspended for 10 months. Um, so he will not be able to play a single game of football. And that includes internationally um, till next season. Ouch. As a matter of fact, after the Euro. Um, so, yeah, he won't be able to play till August. And um, I believe Zaniolo and Fagiolo are also getting are getting seven month bans. Uh, oh. I don't know. If, I don't know if Zaniolo got got punished yet, but I I know they said that his punishment was going to be actually significantly worse 
than Tonali's. Um, so yeah, so you know, it. But now, Alessandro Florenzi is another player that has been dropped. He is currently playing for you know AC Milan, and uh, obviously also plays for Italy. I don't think Florenzi is a captain of of AC Milan, but I know he plays. That's all. I, that's all I know. But he's just another Italian that has been mentioned on this Italian betting scandal. Uh, so the issue is that these guys are betting on their matches. Are they bet? They're not betting against their teams. They're actually betting. So essentially, it's what Pete Rose did. Uh, Pete Rose, legendary baseball player, played for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, actually, got banned from baseball. So this guy can never. This dude was a legendary hitter, one of the best hitters of all time. Um, definitely his generation's greatest hitter of all time. Um, and because he got caught betting and also was became a manager, um, as well, but he ended up getting caught betting on his team. And so then he got banned. So once again, betting on his team, he never bet against them. So it wasn't that he was fixing games by any means. So that's essentially what was happening with the Italian teams, with the Italian players. I don't know why I said teams, the Italian players. And the, the reason why I mentioned this is because there there's a there's a strict no gambling policy in across all major major sports um it is actually something that i remember when i was working for the rockets the astros and the the dynamo that we actually had to sign a a no bad a no betting agreement that we were not to gamble on any sport not even not even you know not to not only not only to not bet on the sport we worked in but also in just in sports in general and and, oh, and you're talking about for and you're talking about an employee that has no impact on the game, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the the towel wiper from the floors in the Rockets games. Yeah, like <laughs> people that literally have no impact to the game are being put on bet on these no betting contracts, and so are these. So and once again, if you imagine that's what they're giving to us, they're also doing the same thing with the players. And yeah, I think is there anything wrong against gambling? I personally would say no. I've gambled a few times, but I don't bet anything crazy. Once again, if you have a gambling problem, dial one eight hundred gambler. Um, because if which I mean, if especially if you're like Fagioli, who is now three million dollars in debt, definitely you should not be gambling. Um, but yeah, so like. But the reason why that these teams have this strict no anti betting pro, uh, policy is because of the fact that like let's just get ri- avoided at all costs of risking match fixing, and it's something that's happened all across the world of sports. Match fixing is a common thing. I don't think any of these guys were fixing matches by any means, but there is a history of match fix- match fixing uh, match fixing in the sport. I mean, El Salvador there was like fifteen Salvadoran players that were banned for quite some time from playing internationally because of El Salvador getting caught fixing matches, which is mind boggling to me how you got caught when you lose anyways, but, uh, and they're losing, they're not doing well either now, but, um, so that's mind boggling, but it happens. And I mean, if you guys, uh, obviously I don't have Netflix anymore, but if you guys do have Netflix and you watch bad sport, you can, you can learn about some great, great, uh, scandals, especially that involves the ones that involve gambling. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, the reason why that they do have this anti, uh, anti-gambling policy is for the reason that 
they want to just avoid match fixing. And if you look even in 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 the UK more specifically, there has been a very touchy subject of of you know these gambling websites being sponsors for kids. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe if a club has a uh, gambling sponsor, when you try to buy a youth jersey, it doesn't have the sponsor the sponsor on it because obviously you don't want to promote gambling with children. Right. Um, and so, <clears throat> so to tell you something, obviously Ivan Tony, he's dealing with his thing with because he was also he also got caught with uh with 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 gambling, with sports gambling to be more specific. Um, so. So yeah, so that's what's going on, and so Alessandro Florenzi is just yet another player that has been caught uh, doing some illegal betting. But I think the reason why we call it the Italian betting scandal is because more and more we're finding out more Italian players that are being thrown into the mix of this of this betting scandal that it literally does involve a lot of Italian players. Um, because if you guys want to know how far deep. For example, um, uh, Sandro Tonali, his betting actually went all the way back to his times in Brescia. So before he even played for AC Milan, he was playing for Brescia. Then obviously went to AC Milan. Then makes his move that was very shocking to everybody that that you know went to Newcastle United. So some people are wondering if AC Milan knew <laughs> um, about it because pretty pretty quick that they were able to like you know not have to worry about losing their their star you know center midfielder. Um, but anyways, Edward, now that this has all been un- unraveled in front of you, what are your thoughts of this Italian betting scandal? Mm. Well, I mean, it goes, it goes around. Like, that's the thing. It's like, they're just trying to uncover and trying to do any, uh, any foul play. You know, and a lot of the times, especially because of the people that play sports, you know, um, they they do have uh, the the chance to actually uh, impact the game. You know, they could they they could bet against themselves and play like the shittiest game ever. They could, you know. So it's just, uh, I think it's uh, even though he's like I said he's a kid maybe kind of be lenient about it but honestly oh no florenzi's uh, a grown man <laughs> oh he's a grown man okay yeah, yeah florenzi is a kid so no Flor- uh, no um Fagioli, who currently mm-hmm. plays for currently is at juventus um mm-hmm. he's the one that has the 3 million in debt oh okay <clears throat> well shoot Truthfully, I, I think he deserves uh, any form of punishment because, I mean, you, you know better. That's the thing. It's like you know better. You're grown. You, they've explained the rules to you, but yet, you know, still acting like that, especially full well knowing that that is basically the rule to be playing in a professional sports team. Like you can't bet at all. Excuse me. And then even you said it. Like even the even the people like they try to uh, put that on there. Like even the people that 
don't have impact on the game. Like, you know, could be the ball boy, could be the towel boy, you know, like the ticket sales rep on the at the, the ticket t- booth. Yeah. <laughs> the ticket booth guy, you know, the concession stand guy. Like, you know, like Yeah, every yeah. single one of them has to sign an agreement to not gamble. Uh, I still gamble. I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna tell no, you I mean, that. I'm not gonna say anything. I didn't. I mean, I I knew about that, but I didn't. I didn't say. But still, God, you're making me feel like I I did such a bad. I'm a bad friend. Kind of making you rat yourself out, kind of shit. Oh no, I already but, said. No. I already said this when when me and Jose talked about it initially about the time betting scandal, but. Mm, uh, okay. Okay. So we already mentioned this. I was like, yeah, I still gambled. I mean, I signed the. I signed the agreement. <laughs> As a matter like of fact, I actually agreement, bet. But I, I actually bet man. against the Rockets. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. But you know, I, I think uh, the punishment for him is it was needed. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think so. obviously, uh, um, Florenzi is going to be another. It, this is going to start hurting some Italian. Uh, the team, any team that has some of these Italian players that are, are are part of this Italian betting scandal, but more so should be Italy. But Italy actually just, uh, I think they actually are now advancing to the Euro. So it's going to be a very interesting team that that how that's going to look like with now that you remove a Sandro Tonali, a, a Nicolo Zaniolo, um, Alessandro Florenzi. I mean, this probably was going to be his final Euro as an Italian player because you know he's up there in age. Um, ironically enough, Donnarumma hasn't been, his name has not been dropped on this scandal, but he's probably more hated on than anybody else. <laughs> oh because yeah. Of, because of the PSG move. <laughs> yep. So yeah. For, he, for sure. He, he is, he is. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So. As more players get continue to be dropped, and this is going to be very interesting once again, especially when you're talking about these guys that are going to be getting hit with these seven month, ten month man, bans. Like, you know, these guys are miss are going to miss out on the Euro. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, like this isn't like Friday Night Lights where I'm over here trying to complain to the coach about it's a championship game. You got to have my kid play. No, I'm not saying like that, but I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see because most of these guys are guys that do play for the senior Italian team. And, and so, like, how does Italy, as a federation, like, adapt over it? Do they still have a quality team, or do... And remember, Italy won the last Euro, so, you know... So there's going to be a lot of eyes on Italy come this Euro. Just for the fact that, one, they won the Euro last time, and now, two, you're going into this Euro, and you're not going to have Maybe anybody except for Donnarumma, so so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see who is available for Italy, uh, come the Euro. Yeah, I mean it's 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 uh, they might be playing with like new kids, you know, like they'll be like, hey, we've never even seen this dude. They might be picking up some dude, some kids from the street, you know, what I'm talking about. Hey, U twenty guys, I know you guys are supposed to be playing for the U twenty Euros, but. No, let's go. <laughs> well, we need we need somebody. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Maybe there's some Italian Americans that they can go after. <laughs> right? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, dude. Honestly, that dual citizenship kind of stuff. Hey, Yunus Musa, you sure you you sure you don't want to play for Italy? <laughs> <laughs> 
She's like, you sure you don't want to play, man? Because, I mean, she... <laughs> Who wants to play in Copa America? <laughs> um, Jeez. Or the Olympics. <laughs> oh, uh, man. But anyways, so, yeah, that's going on with Italy. Um, the last headline is um, Argentina versus Uruguay. And what a game that was. Maybe not necessarily scoreline-wise because Uruguay won 2 nothing, But it was... Everything that had encompassed in this game. And I think people don't realize that Uruguay and Argentina, there's some beef between them. <laughs> um, not necessarily the game-wise, but diplomatical reasons. Um, because I can honestly tell you, uh, to be safe, it's, just, it's safe to say that there's a lot of countries in South America that doesn't necessarily like the Argentinians. And it's not just soccer base. Um, so, yep. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that are going on with this game. But... Um, but yes, Uruguay did beat Argentina 2-0, and Argentina ends up having to accept their first loss since the 2022 World Cup, which some people are like, oh my god, that's crazy. Not really. I mean, you're going to lose eventually. Uh, I mean, it's just bound to happen. But it, obviously, once again, all the drama that was going on with the game, every right now, everyone just loves Argentina because of Messi and the World Cup. And so, but you know, when especially when you're the team that won the World Cup, um, there's a target on your back, right? Especially when you, you yep. still have not lost a game since the World Cup, there's still a target on you, which it wasn't that long ago. It seems that they make it the, the fact that it's Argentina suffered their first loss since the 22 World Cup. I was like, dude, it was literally a year ago, and it's not like yep. we have many international matches, it's not like we have like an international international match like every you know, every week, you know what I mean. So it's not really that impressive. I you know, let's let's pump the brakes on that one. But um but yeah, things got pretty heated in the game and then there was a altercation between Ugarte and Rodrigo De Paul where um you know, everybody likes to say that De Paul is like Messi's enforcer. I think that's what they they, they say about him. Right? That's what they say, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. So I was like, I, I know I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm not crazy for saying that, but anyways, <laughs> uh, so we got to call uh, DePaul a bottle feeder, and then made a uh, a gesture, and uh, it it was like a gesture of a, what's the word I want to use to explain the gesture? Um, it's kind of like putting a bottle in your mouth. But think of something else in a shape of a bottle. Um, maybe not a bottle. Uh, maybe like a pipe. Um, but not made of metal. Um, and imagine someone. Basically, he was he was saying that he gives messy blowjobs. Is what I'm saying. That's that's literally all. I'm, I don't know why I'm trying to censor. It's not like we have like children watching this or anything. Yeah, basically, Ugarte made a, a, a gesture that he he gives Messi blowjobs, and um, then we had the iconic moment where Messi went in and choked him. So, oh yeah, yeah. So things got pretty heated. Again. No red card, surprisingly. <laughs> I will say that for for, but once again, maybe it's because you don't want to give Messi a red card. Um, but but yeah, so that game got pretty pretty tough. Uh, which is what you expect from a, a Argentina Uruguay game, anyways. Um, it, it is a rivalry. Some people may not know that, but it is. Um, but yeah, so 
nothing really affects it. I mean, yes, Argentina lost, but they're still first place in in Comunipo qualifying. So, which is crazy to think that we're already doing World Cup qualifiers and it's only 2023. Um, yeah. So that's interesting, but yeah. So Argentina still in first place, still in prime position to to still go to the 2026 World Cup. Um, Uruguay, I think, actually, I believe, is in second place now. Um, but yeah, eventually they had to lose a game. Um, they are going. They do have Argentina does have a really big game coming up because they are current. They're going to be facing off against Brazil, who things are not looking as good for them because. One, they're currently fifth place. They're currently in fifth place in Comunipol qualifiers, which I believe is the last spot you could be in for Comunipol qualifiers <laughs> to qualify for the World Cup. Um, Vinicius Jr. is out with an injury. Uh, you don't have Neymar, but Endrick, that he looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, so Brazil kind of kind of slumping right now. Um, definitely don't want to lose again to Argentina. But yeah, so that's gonna be a pretty big game. It's gonna be interesting how that pans out, but, um, but yeah, what are your thoughts about this this Argentina Uruguay match? So, I was not expecting this. Aka, it was, it was a pretty intense match altogether, and of course, yeah, I was expecting Messi to do something because I mean everybody was expecting Messi to do something, but Uruguay was able to, you know, uh, keep him keep him at bay. You know, I, I like it was surprising, but at the same time, it's like it it shows that Uruguay isn't just like a second rate. Uh, that yeah, you have Argentina, yeah, you have Brazil, but Uruguay does have talent as well. You know, and they they demonstrated it, they showed it. You know, no, yeah, it's, uh, I I do agree with that, and and I honestly, the other thing that I took from this game is that are we kind of seeing a golden generation of of Uruguay? Like, could it be the, the, the second coming of Diego Forlan? Because, I mean, think about it. You have Dama Nunez, who's now finding, is now getting a little bit more polished as a player, especially now with Liverpool. But now he's mm-hmm. gonna he's now going to become the guy up top for for, for Uruguay. Uh, Pelestri, who doesn't really play that much for Manchester United, but it's, there's some quality there. And I saw, and I was seeing that in that game. Um. Yeah, Ronald Araujo, who you might argue is probably one of the best defenders in the in the world right now. Matter of fact, you can also put him whether you put him at center back or right back, like he's he's able to do the job uh pretty well. Uh, you know, your your midfield, you have Ugarte and you have um uh, Federico Valverde, my adopted son, um, who's captain. So this dude has like I don't know how many adopted sons everywhere. It's like four. Maybe four. Ironically, ironically, they're not all in the same place. Like when I mean the same place, the same country. Hey, you know, you know, uh, you know, you want an international rainbow. So, <laughs> actually, I think two of them are Brazil. <laughs> all right, big mom. No, it's just the big one, big happy family, one big happy adopted family. But, uh, but yeah, no, like I mean, like when you look at some of these players, man, and you know, it, it's and once again, Uruguay is a small country. It is a very small. I'm not saying it's all Salvador small, but it's definitely a small country, and it's able to pull out like a lot of very like world class talent. Um, so yeah, I, I think like it, just to, 
not only mentioned like how tough they play, but you know, I I feel like this might be a golden generation of of Uruguayan players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I guess you could say, like, who? Okay, if you had to, if you had to pick, who would it be that Uruguay is resting their team on? What do you mean? Like, if you had to pick one of the players, like, you know how everybody was saying that Diego Forlan was leading Uruguay back then. Okay, how about this 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 up and coming generation? Who do you think would be the man to step up and take the reins? Uh, obviously, my adopted son Federico Valverde. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, let me just but let me just tell you some, the players. Like obviously, Darwin Nunez up top. On the right mm-hmm. side, you had Palestri. Um, once again, the the jury is still up there, but I did like what I saw from him. Um, another Arajo that plays on the left side. Uh. Nick, uh, I believe it's Nicholas de la Cruz. He, he's also a pretty good, a good player. Uh, Valverde Urarte. In that back line, you have Vina, Oliveira, uh, Casiades. Really, he still plays. Um, Ronald Arajo. Um, and you know now, and now goal and goalkeeper. You you're seeing this uh, Rochette. Um, he looks pretty decent actually. Uh, and I mean, you know, you have Vinas. Um, if you guys haven't been watching the MLS, Facundo Torres, keep an eye on for that kid. That kid's going to Europe at some point. Um, there's a lot of like young players that are really to be really excited about for Uruguay. So like, I'm not saying that this is a golden generation, but there, there's, there does seem to be a lot of young t- players that have some real high potential, and and still pretty young, and some of them are playing for some of the big teams in Europe. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And USA is tied one-one with Trinidad Tobago. That boy Hector's just paying attention. He's like he wants to make sure. <laughs> I mean, on aggregate they're up four-one. So yeah, but but you want to make sure it stays that way. Look, man, I'm not trying to have any like Vietnam flashbacks of of the last time that well not the the, the you know 2018 World Cup qualifiers. Don't want. Don't don't want to remember that, but uh, but yeah, at the end of it all, the Uruguay uh, played their great game. Uh, some people are going to say like, "Oh, this is out of character of Argentina." Is it though? Is it though? Yeah. Because I mean, I don't know about y'all, but lately there's been some attitude with this Argentina team, and I love it. <laughs> I'm just going to say that I actually love I mean, the attitude. As much, like as much, 2022 as much... World Cup. That was the most fun I've ever had watching Argentina. And they were dogs. Like every single one of them. Even Messi with the bubble thing. Like I thought that was hilarious. Messi being petty was probably like this is my favorite version of Messi, is just petty Messi. Like just keep giving me petty Messi. Like I don't need this humble guy. Like look at my happy family. Look at my big ass dog. I just I want him to be the big ass dog. So this dude. So instead of you loving Messi for being humble, for being, uh, basically being the nice guy, the quiet guy, and like, oh, you know, like how he was in Barcelona at the beginning and everything, like he was not letting the light shine. You just want you want the dude who's like, no, that's my ball. I'm gonna take the free kick. 
That's my penalty. I don't want that shit. No, like, he, well, I mean, he's too- not doing that. I'm not saying he's doing that. I'm saying he's just he's just showing his like he's finally showing that he has some bite with his bark. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. Like it's I don't know if I don't know when he moved to Miami and he was like I need to start watching some Miami based like shows to get an idea of what Miami's like and he found Scarface. And like I think that that's what it is. Like he just say hello to my little friend. Bro is just like, man, this this country's a pussy, just ready to get fucked at this point. Like I I, I love it. I love th- I love this version of Messi, man. Like he he, like from the bro. Like have have we ever seen Messi just like when he walked up, like when he you know ran up to the bench and did the little you know the the whatever ear thing that whatever that was to to Van Gaal. Like did you not just say oh, I, yeah. I, I I freaking love that? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I, I, I love this version of Messi. Messi being a dog is just hilarious. Um, he, like he's just not backing out from anybody. And I mean, yes, it, you know, it helped out that this that the, his his team was like they're they're they were literally ready to fight for Messi. Like I'm not saying that they were just not figuratively. Like they were ready to brawl for Messi. Rodrigo being one of them, um, because it, like that's what it was. They had there was this team with attitude, and you know, it makes you think of like some of the. The tough teams from back in the day, you know what I mean? Like bringing the bad boys, the bad boys, Detroit Pistons, you know, like these guys were, were going to, you know, play you ugly. And I mean, I'm not oh, going to yeah. lie. This was not like the flashy Argentina. <laughs> this was, you know, we're going to punch you in the mouth and score a goal on you. It was freaking Emmy Martinez, you know, humping a a, go- a trophy. <laughs> and ironically, yeah. No, no, no I was just going to say something. No, say it. Then ironically, he got scored on with a ball between his legs. That's just poetic justice mad. right there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, though, when you are that team, and let's face it, that is Argentina. Argentina, until proven differently, is the team. Is the team you want to beat. And, and, you know, everyone wants to be the team. And so, yes, you're going to do all those antics, but when when it, when it when you do suffer those losses, don't be surprised when you get clowned on. And I think I, I think that's kind of what we saw from Argentina in this game was that, you know, hey, it finally it finally you finally shot yourself in the foot. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, Emmy Martinez being this bolsterous, you know, character at goalkeeper, you know, gets scored on between his legs. Ironically enough, um, you know, you got Rodrigo being being called Messi's little pet. And he got mad about it. It's like, you know, you do all this stuff, you're going to get called out on it. Remember, Rodrigo was the one that made the video of him doing little passing drills and say, pass it to the Messi, pass it to the Messi, right? It was him. Yep. So, like, like you're doing all this cool stuff. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making, I'm not saying don't do it, do it. I love the content. But when it, it, when, when it's your, when you, when you get humbled up, you know, don't be surprised that they're going to, you know, they're going to talk back to you. And, and I mean, I will say, it was funny that Messi at the end of it all said, like, these guys need to learn how to respect their elders. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> like they, someone needs to teach them a lesson. Uh, yeah, you, you probably should have, but you didn't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't their day. That's literally what it was at that point. It just wasn't their game. Uda White had the, had the better game strategy, game plan going into it, and that's why they won. Um, but when you're a team like Argentina, like everyone's at your throat, everyone's gonna be trying, literally going at, going after your throat, like Messi did with Ugarte. But, 
but it's just that's what's gonna happen. But I, I, I and I think Argentina responded the right way. Like, like, hey, it happens. We, we, you know, we took our loss, but it's on to Brazil. And I know for a fact that they are definitely not gonna lose. The, they're not gonna try to lose to Brazil, especially an underperforming Brazil right now. Yeah. Maybe I'll also insert uh, the update on what happened with Argentina and Brazil right here. All right, another uh, another update for me. Yes, uh, Argentina did in fact beat Brazil one nil. Um, crazy game. This I I know I said I know I said that uh, we might cover the Mexico game. Maybe we may not, but we definitely are going to cover this for next episode because what the you know it was fucking insane. So, but yes, uh, Argentina did in fact beat Brazil one nil. So Brazil, it's, it's not looking great for Brazil. Not looking great for Brazil, but Argentina did get the win. So, so this cannot pan out for me, or it's not going to pan out for me when I said that statement. Um, but, but yeah. Um, anything else you got? Want you want to say before we wrap it up with with this last headline? Nope, you said it right on the money. All right, so you, we're gonna take you, you like to see you like to see Messi as a dog, and you got him. Dog Messi is my. F- I just need Messi to go come out of Miami one day, like in a in a leather jacket. Oh God! Damn. Maybe, maybe not the, leather. The Gucci, the Gucci. No, what about that? The Gucci long coat, tre- the, like the long tr- uh, trench coat jacket. That makes me think he's a streaker. Uh, he's a streaker. Let's <laughs> not like a that. leather jacket. Are you talking about? Are you talking about like the sense of anarchy, like a jet leather jacket? Like a Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, okay. I guess. Or, or well, or it could just be Florida, man. Florida, man. Just do. Uh, no, but yeah, I, yeah. This, this, this petty messy. I, I'm love. I'm loving it all for it. Uh, him, him. Put, <laughs> what, what is it with like Latin bass players and choking people? Like I just that always seems to be the go to for a lot. I mean, we've seen Hector Herrera do it. Uh, yeah. Everyone just seems to like to grab uh, grab players by the neck. Um, it's a it's an interesting thing. But anyways, um, so yeah, we're gonna take a break. Um, you guys are gonna hear me and Jose Tejas uh, preview the MLS Cup Conference semifinals. So you'll you'll hear me and Jose Tejas, founder and creator of Goals TV. And and then you'll it'll be don't go straight to me and network uh, with players of the week and games for the upcoming weekend. So we'll go ahead and take a break and you'll hear us back for players of the week. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, guys. MLS Cup Conference Semifinals. Took almost a whole damn month to do it, but, I mean, we're here. Uh, we're here. Um, but, yeah, obviously, joining me is Jose Tejas, founder of Goals TV, which this MLS Cup Conference Semifinals, that is such, so many fucking words, is brought to you by <laughs> Goals TV. Goals TV is the Hulu of soccer content here in the U.S. So if you guys are trying to figure out what the hell do us Yanks know about this game, 
Well, that is the one place as well. It's got a lot of content. You can find us, insert name FC on there. Obviously, Jose Te is the creator of Gold CV. You can find him with Yanks the Roundtable and Wake Up MLS. Uh, some really cool content that they have over there and much other great things, whether you're a specific MLS fan, USL, shout out because they also just got uh, coverage and highlights from the USL. Congratulations, by the way. Didn't actually get to do that at one point. Thank um, you, but yeah, so much content and it's that one-stop shop for everything. So go ahead and check out goals.tv, G-O-L-Z.tv. It is free to subscribe right now. Still? Still, still 100% free to subscribe, man. And a ton of new content coming, man. We're getting it, you know, ready to hit, I think, an interesting point of the year. MLS Cup playoffs is, yeah, in a weird way, com- like coming back. That's what it kind of feels like. Um, So there's play more MLS content to come. USL season just wrapped. So I think, you know, uh, if you appreciated how crazy the playoffs were and you want to relive any of those memories, all of those highlights are available on Goals TV today. And we got a ton more on the way. So anybody who supports grassroots American soccer and wants to see it grow, that's a one-stop shop for everything American soccer content. Go check it out. Exactly. So, all right. Before we get to the conference, it's the quarterfinals. It's the fucking quarterfinals. I don't know why the <laughs> hell we say all this. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's the quarterfinals, technically. This is this is just like a tongue twister saying MLS Cup Conference semifinals. It's it can't be done. Anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, w- the quarterfinals are here. Uh, but before we get to that, we'll we'll talk about the first round of that three best of three series. Uh, before we talk about it though, all right, it happened. We witnessed it. Yep. What's the verdict? You know what, man? I don't think it's clear cut because I think if you if you looked at social media while this best of three was being played out in round one especially as we entered the round, right? Entered game ones. A lot of people pooping on this format. A lot of people, myself kind of included. Like, I, it just was confusing to kind of witness uh, a best of three and anything outside of MLB. Um, but with that said, look, man, almost 50% of all of the round one matchups went to a game three. Three out of the eight. A lot of people will say, oh, it's just three. Well, it's three out of the eight. Nearly half of all the round one matchups went to a game three. So that's something to kind of be encouraged by if you're Don Garber at MLS. Like, you know, there there was some drama there that forced game threes. Um, there weren't as many PK shootouts as I was hoping for. Uh, I know, you know, you being a Houston fan, Hector, and, and Houston fans everywhere, two out of the three going to shootouts is actually really dramatic. Um, you know, kind of interesting there. But that was also, in my opinion, the closest matchup in the West. I thought mm-hmm. it was almost impossible to pick Dynamo or Salt Lake, even though I was giving the nod to Houston. Um, outside of that though, the other two game threes, right. Um, Seattle, Dallas, very straightforward, uh, Atlanta, Columbus, even more straightforward. So all in all, it's like, it was, I'm not as mad that we tested it. Like we tried it. We, we saw a couple cool things, a few surprises here and there, but at the end of the day, right. I mean, the biggest upset that happened was SKC knocking out St. Louis that happened in two games that a, a lot of this could have been accomplished in a two leg format. Um, and maybe we could have gotten deeper into the playoff run before the international break got here. And we took a two week pause or hiatus and possibly killed some of the momentum that the fans were having with MLS cup playoffs. So there were some good, there were some bad. I still think it, it needs to go away and we figure out a different format, but I'm not going to hate on it as much as everybody else was in the beginning. I think it was different. I, I give, you know, I guess some kind of props to the commissioner for trying something new. I'm sure they squeezed every bit of ad revenue. They probably could, you know, from the, from the three leg format, 
but I'm I am kind of ready to go back to what's tried and true, what works. I like score lines mattering, if that kind of makes sense. I, I like those to matter, and I feel like the score lines game over game just didn't matter that much uh, in this format. So um, good opportunity to try something out that's new, but I think um, it would work a whole lot better for the league and for the fans if we reverted back to what we all know uh, playoffs should look like. Yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent. And also the other thing is just that um, the game one winners were the ones that ended up going on to the next round, not to sound corny, but I don't think, uh, I don't think any, I don't think that there was like the one that won game one didn't advance uh, in, in any of these. Um, but yeah, like the only real dramatic one was the dynamo. And, and I mean, obviously it was two draws. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was two yeah. draws that went to penalties. Um, and the reality of penalties, it's anybody's game at that point. So, and it, it was almost close to, to almost be that case. Um, but I, I think for me, I think you, you would get the same amount of drama with an aggregate score. Yeah, um, I think so too. So, I mean, shoot, speaking of aggregates, I mean, USA and Trinidad Tobago, even though I don't want to relive that, um, oh, but, <laughs> but it went to aggregate and you saw the drama of that second leg because of, and then all everyone's getting Vietnam flashbacks from Trinidad and Tobago in 2018. Um, Seriously. But, but yeah, but you know, and so there's, I think there's still an appeal where, Yes, maybe you would have to explain it to like the non-casual soccer fan. I mean, which that's not probably not even a thing. Uh, but <laughs> yes, you have to explain it to that. But I think if you're, especially when you still have Mason, uh, Messi, uh, Messi mania still being a recurrent, still going to be a theme. You still have to find a way to latch those fans into that. And I think the leg is the better way to do it. The best of three was an idea. That's all. I'm, that's like the nice way of me saying it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and like I said, like, like you know, we didn't know, right? I think a lot of fans like had their own opinions on whether or not a best of three could work, um, and then that's why you know the minute it was announced, weeks before the the first balls ever kicked in playoffs, there were so many people just taking a dump on the format, and we hadn't even seen it, right? We hadn't seen it in action, and so I, I'm I'm a big fan of not leaning into assumptions. I think you know you try it out, it either works or it doesn't. If it does, great. Maybe there's ways to fine tune it and tweak it a little bit to make it even better. But if it doesn't, I I can't knock it, right? You tried something new, um, mm-hmm. and, and at the end of the day, if there was a way to like Americanize, you know, soccer in <laughs> in this league in this country, that probably was the way to do it, right? Was to mm-hmm make the playoff which is supposed to be the most exciting time of this entire season of this entire league make it as relatable and exciting to casual sports fans in this country as you possibly can best way to do that make it as comparable in format and structure to other professional leagues that these sports fans are watching and so we all we all kind of mentioned it it it's it, it felt similar to like MLB or anything else you know, we like other franchise leagues. We tried it. I don't know if we'll go away from it. I we we may have to deal with this again next year. Who knows? But I'm with you, Hector. I think that this is something that we we learned from, probably you know, for the best, and and should move on to. I think what we all know to be the the proper format. Yeah, exactly. But all right, recapping the first round, we'll go to the Eastern Conference first, and FC Cincinnati proving that there was no gonna there was there was no gonna be there wasn't gonna be any uh playoff jitters as the first seat ends up yeah. handling their business and sweeping red bulls new york which honestly um it was expected i'm not shocked by it um uh, but red bull new york i mean there's rumors now that your guys are going to go ahead and 
uh, take a bunch of guys from RB Leipzig. So that at least you got that going for you guys. Uh, but yeah, there was a sweep there. There was also another sweep as Philadelphia Union beat New England Revolution. Don't think anybody was uh, surprised by that. New England, though, looked a little bit better going into the playoffs. Uh, it it still never looked like that team that we all thought Bruce Arena was going to, you know, the the rebuild maestro, as so many people would, would feel for the MLS. It just didn't pan out. Uh, yeah. Not because of him, it was just speculation that possibly he maybe had done, uh, but that is that is still a thing. Uh, Columbus Crew uh, ends up beating Atlanta two to one in their series. Atlanta United proving that at least they have home field advantage, but the injuries just wasn't enough uh, to keep them going against a Columbus Crew team that looks pretty complete, honestly. Yep. Uh, and then second place, Orlando City just did what they had to do against Nashville. Nashville, I don't know what the hell happened to them. I used to really praise this team a lot, and Orlando City just looks like that team right now. Yeah, I agree, bro. So let's, let's start with the top. I think um, so. The, the the Red Bulls and and Cincinnati matchup was interesting, right? I think um, I had an interview with Mark Fishkin, who's if, if you're a Red Bulls fan, uh, you know who this guy is. He's had the Seeing Red podcast up and running since like. 2010 like right when the red bulls were created and so probably the biggest you know content og in that market um and we we're talking about this matchup um and just you know what to expect from it before it even got kicked off and i think it went the way that we all thought it would um mark described it as in, in order for the red bulls to have a chance they needed to basically make the game you know like uh a shit show Right, they needed to, to the the exact words he used were they needed to drag Cincinnati into this pit. There's one knife in the pit, and only one team gets out alive. And really, just kind of had to make it as much of that physical dogfight as you possibly could. Um, and they did a pretty decent job, more so in game two. Right, they had two different opportunities in that penalty kick shootout to end it, send it to a game three, make it a shit show. They didn't. Um, and you know, you, you can argue that they were kind of playing with house money a little bit, right? I don't, I think they, they made it into playoffs on decision day. A lot of teams in the East were in contention for those wild card spots. They got fortunate with some results and worked their way in, but once they got in, you know, dominated Charlotte. And, and I would say give Cincinnati a game minus those three terrible mistakes that led to goals in game one. Like they did a pretty decent job. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a little bit of a hot take, though. I think with, with with what I see on 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 the internet today about FC Cincinnati, a lot of fans, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, they're just not giving them a chance um, going into the next round. I think that that's because maybe the Red Bull survived Game Two and almost forced a Game Three. Maybe because their supporters shield winners. I don't know. Um, and there is that whole curse, right? That supporters shield winners don't go on to do anything in the MLS Cup. I, I don't know if I believe in that per se. I think there's a lot of history there. But until the number one seed gives you a reason to not believe in them, I, I just think it's foolish to go to, to bet against them. I think we talked about it on another episode previously, right? They have arguably the MVP on that roster, um, a pretty damn good defense, despite what may or may not happen to Matt Miazga. Um, there's, there's a lot to be excited about, even if they had that playoff jitter game that no one was excited about against the Red Bulls, right? So... I wouldn't read into it too much. I think in, you know, I don't want to give too much of foreshadowing for what will happen in the next game, but I think Cincinnati just took care of business and is moving on. So from that game specifically, I think everybody picked Cincy, but I still have them making a significantly deeper run past this first game. 
And I, and I think the only reason why there'd be at least some doubts with FC Cincinnati, I think when you look at the teams that did advance to the to the quarterfinals, there's a lot of playoff experience, specifically for two teams specifically, but there's also a team that I, even though very finished very good in, in, in the Eastern Conference in Orlando, but is looking like that dark horse team. Um, very talented team, you know, a lot of potential. Be, you know, Facundo Torres, obviously a guy probably should be going to Europe pretty soon. Um, I think so, yeah. And, and so, which, funny enough, I'm, I'll talk about a potential golden generation for Uruguay <laughs> with, with me and Edward uh, earlier. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's literally, I, so, like, I think because of what there's what is to come for FC Cincinnati and then obviously the, the Supporter Shield curse, which, is is always a fun one to throw up there. Uh, but yeah, I I think FC Cincinnati is still a capable team. It's just that now, you just went through your easy, your this is you just went through the easy part of the tournament. Now you're going in where it, it's it's going to be a little bit more treacherous. It's going to be a lot more treacherous than it was to get when you got to this point. Now, yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think that. But with that said, right, it's like this is if there was a time to have those easier matches and get the get the jitters out right because for them this is still progress right i know Pat and i think it was today or yesterday right got awarded mls coach of the year and the work he's done in this three-year time there was cincinnati's been fantastic you know they they won one playoff game last season they're already kind of progressing even further this season and so some will say that like this this is enough this should be good enough i i, I just think that we saw so much cincinnati dominance at home and they are still a relatively new team when it comes to playoffs that I'm not very discouraged by the jitters that they showed against the Red Bulls which which by the way people forget as much as they barely squeaked in this year there's not a longer playoff streak in the league the the Mm -hmm. New York Red Bulls have been doing this for well over a decade longer than any other team consistently making playoffs year in and year out um, you know, and I, and, and as someone who's a Dallas fan and I, I look for that kind of consistency with my own team, um, I think that that's something that you, you know, fans just forget. They look at, you know, this year's standings and say, Hey, tonight should have wiped the floor with the Red Bulls. That's it's, it's a different beast entirely when we're talking about postseason and mm-hmm. experience in the postseason. So he has since he's some credit. You know, I just think that they're supporters shield winners for a reason. And I expect the TQL stadium to be rocking for the next playoff game. No, yeah. I mean, that that's I think the, the big advantage going into the next round. It is a one off playoff game. There's no there's no game two, there's no game three. Like yep. it's it's win or go home. And obviously you're you're talking about Cincinnati. The weather is going to be an advantage depending on who they're facing off, which is Philadelphia. So maybe weather goes out of the wayside. But it is going to be that crowd that's going to be very important that they stay in it throughout the game and not how they did it against Inter Miami in the U.S. Open Cup. But, Seriously, um, and I'm sure they're not going to want that to happen again. But uh, uh, but in the rest of the Eastern Conference, okay, so Philadelphia and New England, I don't think anything shocking uh, of it no. how it went down. Um, is this the same Philadelphia team from last year that, that that was in the final? I really don't think it is. Um, which is crazy to think from one year ago, but they, I don't, it, it felt like, I don't, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say that they're getting, uh, I guess, complacent in some sense, but uh, it, it feels like that for me. Yeah. 
I don't know if I don't know if complacent is the right word, but I, I see what you mean. I think it's like, look, the the matchup against the Revs was very straightforward, very straightforward. Um, you know, they they did display the sort of quote unquote dominance that I was looking for and expecting from Philly in this first matchup. It is a decent team in the Revs, but you mentioned Bruce Arena before. Ever since that whole scandal took place with him this past you know regular season they just haven't been the same team they really haven't like they've looked like a shell of themselves and I didn't expect much from them coming into playoffs if they would have gotten past the union it would have been a big surprise for me so but but comparing this union to last year's team I think it's 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 pretty much the same as comparing this year's LAFC to last year's LAFC. It's just, it's a completely different ball game. You could have a lot of the same faces on the roster, but they're just not clicking in the way that I felt like the union were doing so last year. Um, And granted, I still think that they kind of bottled the MLS cup final a little bit, but with that said, um, I think Jim Curtin will, will do what he has to do to, to make this next one game round very very competitive and very very difficult for cincinnati um but i mean there's not much to say about this latest you know wrap up in two games against the revs the revs were kind of on the down down the 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 union were on the up and up so it's just like you know um again they're not clicking the way they were in, in the 2022 playoffs but they're still doing more than enough to again comfortably get past a top four team in the revs which is important yep um and then all right columbus crew in atlanta uh, I mean, Columbus just proved as to why everyone has them favored very highly in this in this playoffs this year. Uh, Atlanta United, I think in, injuries, if they were 100%, I feel like this is a different team. Uh, at least that's my viewership of them. Um, but if they were a healthy team, I don't even know if they'd be sixth place. But I think Columbus Crew is just all around just bulletproof as far as, as a team looks like. Yeah. Um... Another instance where I'm not sure. I mean, bulletproof would. I think the game two explosion from Atlanta. I think opens up a very interesting conversation in terms of how we look at the Columbus Crew. MLS is a league that heavily favors the home team historically, so that's that that says a lot, right? Columbus will be, um, you know, if they get another playoff game, will be rocking for that a hundred percent. But like you also mentioned, they are probably the most complete team in MLS. I think what um, their coach, Wilfred Nancy, is able to offer to that team, that star-studded team in-game, also is levels above um, a lot of what MLS has to offer as far as individual clubs go. So they have a lot going for them. But here's the thing, right? I think um, they're going to be on the road against the number two seed in Orlando. A lot of fans out there, even some that have appeared on our content on Goals TV, have you know really referenced Orlando's a better team on the road than they are at home. It's practically the same. There's like a one game difference in terms of like a draw versus a loss or something, but the exact same amount of road wins as they have home wins. For whatever reason, the fans are, I think, just kind of sticking to what Orlando has done uh, maybe more comfortably on the road, and that's fair. But I think the bigger issue here is just that I don't know, man. I, maybe I'm reading too much into the performance Columbus gave against Atlanta and Atlanta with Thiago Almada with Ayako Makis that was firing on all cylinders. I think if if you find if you ha- if Columbus has to go on the road up against a team that's in pretty decent form um, and was in decent form for a majority of the regular season, right? Orlando being a number two, um, there's going to be a lot of fireworks there. I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Columbus did comfortably, you know, win that game three against Atlanta. 
But, bro, I was sitting at home watching game two thinking this this could be the craziest upset Atlanta pulls it off, right? Talk about Mao didn't play game one. He came in game two, completely took the game over. They w- they had four goals in there um, against a very complete Columbus crew team. I don't know if Orlando can shock them the way that Atlanta did kind of in that those first 20 minutes, right? Those first 20 minutes were so big for, for Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. Um, if Orlando can do that, this whole conversation we're having about Columbus crew possibly being the most complete team and making that run um, all the way into MLS Cup final, um, maybe it's not um, quite as a, as much of a sure thing as we all think it is. I don't know. I think the game, too, for me, um, sticks out in a really big way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Orlando City and Nashville. I mean, Orlando just handled their business. I think they did what they were supposed to do as a higher seed. Do you think, let me ask you this. Um, do you think that like Orlando, I don't know, do, do they, do they lose some sort of style points? I guess you could call it for the fact that it wasn't really like an impressive. And I guess this is not my opinion. I think that, you know, for me in the playoff, it doesn't matter how you win. It just matters that you win. I don't care how you do it. There's no such thing as style points. Like if you, if you need to beat a team that's solely centered around one player, like Nashville with Hadi Mukhtar then it is what it is. You take care of business, you move on, and you get to the next game. Um, but there are a lot, a lot of fans, similar to the conversation we had about Cincinnati and, and the Red Bulls, who are discounting Orlando as the two seed because it wasn't the sexiest showing against Nashville. Uh, that if it wasn't for a Wilmer, Carragena, crazy banger, uh, and an, another one-off goal, that it, it, it really could have been much closer and a much better opportunity for Nashville to move on. I mean... Where, did you feel like Orlando, based on that matchup, is just not as scary as as a two seed normally is? I, I mean, in the, in the playoffs, it, it I, I it's like in, in any sport. All I think all American sports, when you talk about the playoffs, it doesn't matter how you get the win as long as you get the win. Agreed. I mean, the the probably if I would say like the worst win you could ever have is a win where you lose a crucial player to an injury or to a reckless decision like having a temper tantrum in the middle of a game and then kicking a ball out to the, to the stands for, because you thought there was an alleged foul that should have been called like Serginio or, or, and then attempting to punch your goalkeeper. Um, like this man, I know that, that guy anyway, <laughs> I don't know if anyone got that reference, but um, yeah, but that, like I think that that's the only way I would say, like, I don't feel too confident going into the next game because especially if you're talking about losing a crucial player to any, in any other situation, but I mean, this is why you need teams that can win in different ways possible. You want teams that can win pretty, which is, you know, blowing a team out of the water, just making it not even feel like you there's any pressure at all during that game. You need teams that can win ugly games, you know, when when you may not like the way we won, but you still got the dub and that makes you feel somewhat better. Um, and then those just tough it out wins, like the ones that you just had to grind it out and get the win, like sometimes – in the playoffs, that's all you got to be able to do. If you're a team that – if you're definitely one of the best teams going into this, you have to be able to win in different ways. Like, it's not a clear way to win it. Three points at the end of the day is still three points um, yep. when it comes to the standings. And, but the real teams, when you talk about – especially here in the MLS playoffs, it's the teams that can win in different ways. There's, there's no – they don't certainly they – only, they only win one certain way. And if that's if that's the only way you can win – then that's then your chances of going far in the playoffs isn't going to be well. 
I agree wholeheartedly, man. I think it's it's something that um, a lot of fans discount, right? Like, oh, the opponent they beat really wasn't that good. Who cares? Like, like, like I, no one's going to remember that Nashville was what seed they were or what their away record versus home record was like, or even the fact that they were solely centered around Hani Mukhtar offensively. I think that they're just going to remember that they bowed out in round one to a better Orlando team. And I think if the same thing happens, right? They make the next game against the crew a shit show at home. They get to penalty kicks and they and then and then they just through some stroke of luck go through. No one's gonna remember that they beat, you know, the or that the crew was supposed to win, the crew was the better overall team, the more complete team, et cetera, et cetera. They're just remember that they bowed out to a team that knows how to win in a scrappy way. So I'm right there with you, man. I think the result really is the only thing that matters. And then going, continuing on with the results. Now we're going to the Western Conference, and the only upset that happened in this in this round was AFC Sporting Kansas City sweeping first place St. Louis City, two to nothing. Um, yeah, I think St. Louis once again it was their first time. You know, when it went the 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 great phrase that people say when they get mad, which is usually old man yells at cloud, is act like you've been there. Um, they literally haven't. So so for them, like. But unfortunately, yeah, they didn't get to celebrate because Kansas City came in guns a blazing. Probably the hot for a team going into the wild card, coming in in the hottest way possible. Um, kind of looks kind of dangerous now when you're talking. You're, you know, sometimes when it comes to playoffs, it's about it's sometimes not even the team that was great all year long, which St. Louis City was good yep. for a good chunk of the season. But Sporting Kansas City comes in hot at the right time. And now they are a a team that you cannot be overlooking. And I mean, they did it. They they swept the first seed, and so and it's possible. Uh, the Houston Dynamo they beat Rousal Lake in probably the most contested matchup in the playoffs. Um, yeah, so obviously Dynamo won their first game, and then the next two went to penalties. Uh, Diego Luna. That's all I gotta say, man. Watch out for that kid. That kid. It, it, I think that was my be- the only thing that I was so happy about w- having this matchup was because I'm a big Diego Luna fan and the, yeah. the, the kid's super talented. I, I can't wait for what he's going to do. He does piss me off seeing his socks go so fucking low. Um, like <laughs> the shit, his shin guards are not on his shins. Like this, <laughs> bro. He just yeah, he has to have them where he's comfortable. But yeah, bro, that that kid needs to be going to Europe at some point. I think he um, it would take his game to the next level. It would benefit every U.S. men's national team fan out there. Uh, that guy needs to to make the move. It it pisses me off how many Texas based MLS teams overlooked this kid, mm-hmm. and and now he's over at Salt Lake. Like. Yep. What the fuck were what the fuck was the state of Texas doing? There's so many of those players, bro. We don't have any have to, have to time on the show today to kind of go through how many missed opportunities Ooh, fed, there were. He's fed, he's fed and short. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you ball. Doesn't matter if you ball. Exactly. Um, third place, LAFC beats Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, there was some controversy definitely in that in one of those games. I already said my thoughts on it. I'm not gonna <laughs> waste it anymore, but yeah. Maybe could have gone. Not saying that I'm not saying that Vancouver would have won, but the refs definitely ruined it for them for any hope that they had in that game. Um, I feel bad for Vani, man. I I, I really do. Um, the manager. I think um, it was tough to watch them go through that. Like, yeah, the controversy with the refs. The better team did win. Don't make no mistake about it. But yeah. um, to see him lose his shit the way that he did, um, and and rightfully so, bro. Like some of the calls, the especially that one call where he absolutely lost it, right? The the play itself and 
the ref blocking a player. It leads to a counterattack, which leads to a goal. And then he was going to award it anyway. And like, it, it was just, it was, it was building up to that point. But yeah, man, um, the, the manager, you know, apologized. I love the passion he has, to be honest. A lot of, I saw a lot of people calling him unprofessional. I thought, look, man, he wants I'd, to win. I'd be too. Yeah, <laughs> be, yeah. I'd I'd be too. <laughs> any, any competitor, right? And that's how I knew some of these people who talk a lot about MLS on Twitter just have never fucking played. They never played. And you, you, you don't compete regularly with what you do, obviously. I think if you're a competitor, you want to win, that's going to upset you. I mean, to a point where you feel like you have to question everything, you have to make a scene about it, and he did. And I'm not mad at him for it. I think it. Um, you referenced the whole Sergio Dest debacle from last night. That that's a completely different type of tantrum, quote unquote, that he's throwing. I think the manager Vanny was completely in the right for for how that game um, against LAFC really went. But with that said, I mean, especially in that scenario where the not saying that. You know, Vancouver was going to score off of that corner kick or anything, but yeah, like nor at least from when I played, when if the ref gets involved, that's an automatic drop ball. Like that, yeah. they, they it's a dead ball. They then and they start from that area. They don't continue on and then have that bullshit breakaway that that happened. Um, and so like yeah, I'd be living not only I'd probably get ejected if I was a player, but I'd also be getting ejected <laughs> as a coach. Yeah. Same, bro. Same. It's just, it's hard. It's like, I, I think if anybody who's judging him for how he he acted, look, man, he, he cared. He wanted to win. I mean, he probably wanted to win more than, I don't know how many fans wanted to win. Probably thought his team had a more of a chance than the fans thought. Um, and that's, you could tell just how passionate he was, bro. I respect it. Um, it is unfortunate how things kind of panned out with that game specifically, but make no mistake. Um, Denny Bawanga was still having a field day, even in game one, you know, he, um, He's not as lethal right now as he was in the regular season, in my opinion. I think that's probably the case for LAFC as a whole. But uh, the better team won. Like, I, I think we can all agree there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then second place, Seattle Sounders ends up beating FC Dallas in three games. Um, yeah, that 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 second game, I felt like that could have been a momentum shifter for FC Dallas. But Seattle at home. It's a yeah, it, you know, it's it's it a was, home field advantage for a reason. So yeah, it was tough, bro. MLS favors the home team a lot, a lot. Now, with that said, though, I mean that game too. I was there um, at the game. It playoff vibes through and through. I loved it. Um, it felt different than the home games I was I, I've been to this season. Um, I I was, I was really really excited for Dallas. Obviously, kind of coming in, and I, I was nervous going to game two. But the minute that we pumped in three, right, I was like, dude, we better make game three a a, a massive game in Seattle. And we kind of did defensively, but offensively, nothing. Right, Ferreira was out for the game, um, and you could tell he he's had this groin issue for for a few weeks now. He's just been playing through it. But in game two, he pulled up with like ten minutes left, and you can kind of tell that like. Dude, if he comes back for game three, it'd be awesome. I just don't see it happening. And he didn't, right? So losing our two best, in my opinion, offensive players in Velasco and Ferreira for a game three against the only other team that's as good defensively in the West as FC Dallas has been this year, it just didn't bode well for us. And it was it was a one-nil. It was kind of a boring game. You know, I'll be honest, like it just it just kind of was. There were a lot of chances for Seattle. There were some for Dallas. Our best chance came right before the 90th minute. Did nothing with it really i mean it was it was a close shot but it, you know again uh, i just think seattle was the better team across three legs um maybe it could have been different had it been flipped right and that's something that mls i think needs to think about maybe in these best of threes and why they don't work is that the home team is just so favored in this league if you know 
if it was flipped, maybe Dallas would have gone through, right? That maybe that's how one-sided home team advantages really are in this league. I have no idea, but I for that reason, it should have just been two legs and you break it down to aggregate. If you had broken down to aggregate score, it would have gone into extra time if away goals weren't a factor. If away mm-hmm. goals are not a factor like that, they aren't in Europe right now. That would have gone to maybe straight PKs or an extra time period and then a penalty kick shootout. Um, so something to think about when we think about this this new format. Yeah, exactly. But all right, the conference semifinals, we do know who's facing off against each other. And in the Eastern Conference, we got the first seed, FC Cincinnati, going up against a team that wasn't able to win the MLS Cup last season in fourth place, Philadelphia Union. Um, what are the key things for, for this matchup? The key things I, I will I'll give like one from each side. Yeah. One for for Cincinnati, stay the course and let Lucho be Lucho. I think that they stay the course because it's easy for I think teams that are newer to a playoff format or playoffs in general, right? The inexperience of not being in playoffs that much um, will take over and settle in, and, and in a bad way if you read too much into how the Red Bulls game too went. Right? If you think about that too much, you may start to question your tactics, your ability, um, your, you know, even your leadership, both on the pitch in Lucho and off the pitch in, in, in Noonan. So I think don't question anything, stay the course, and find more opportunities for Lucho to get on the ball. That's really it. I think continue to be who you are, which is a fortress and a force at home. That's what Cincinnati's been all season. Um, I think for the other side, for the Union, Man, it's hard to put one my finger on one. I think for me, it is continue to be as good defensively as they've been for the majority of the regular season, right? If they can prevent Cincinnati from scoring the first goal on their pitch, this one-game playoff becomes very, very interesting. But I think whoever gets scored on first is in real trouble. I just think so. I think if mm-hmm. it's Cincinnati getting scored on first, they have the offensive power to to get back into the game, but the Union have been pretty damn good defensively for the most part this season, and vice versa. If Union gets scored on first, climbing that hill, right, against the crowd at the TQL Stadium, against the arguably MVP of this of the season, and that stout defense, even without potentially Matt Miatska, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult. And so Cincinnati are not the Revs, and equally, the Union are not the Red Bulls. There's a lot at stake here, and I think that I'm hoping that it's going to be more of an offensive you know, showcase from both sides, but if I'm being realistic, I actually think it's going to be one of the bigger defensive matchups uh, that we have coming up in the conference semifinals. Yeah, for me, I think for Philadelphia Union, you're the more experienced team. You got to use that for your advantage. You yeah. you have a, a manager who I respect in Curtin. Um, honestly, did actually there was a point where I did want him to be the U.S. Men's National Team. At this point, anybody over Greg Berhalter, <laughs> but I yeah. I take plank from Eddie and Eddie at this point. Um, no one's gonna get that joke unless you're from the nineties. I was oh, reaching geez. for that like Messi for Uruguayan. Um, <laughs> seriously, seriously, bro. Luis Suarez, uh, we're waiting. Um, FC Cincinnati, man. Uh, I think their their big key is next man up, man. Who's stepping in for Matt Miazga? Uh, whatever, whatever is this? I I don't know if he's been officially suspended or not. I don't think uh, it's been handed down yet. I think um, I don't know what they're waiting for, but if anything, and maybe who knows, maybe they they they, they enact it for next season. I'm not sure, but I'm I'm thinking that he could be out this next game if they figure it out in the next few days. But if not, he could be a force. 
Yeah, so I mean, if that's the case, I, I think it's the next man up thing uh, when it comes to the defense, especially because yeah. Matt Miazga, that's a big loss. But yeah. I mean, for this one, I, I'm I'm sticking with MC Cincinnati. I think that they're still capable of it. This is definitely, I think, one of their biggest tests going into this playoff uh, sure. run if they're everyone's hoping they're going to do what everyone's hoping is going to happen. Um, but this is going to be their, their first big task um, is try to overcome an experienced team like Philadelphia. I agree. You, you're also taking FC Cincinnati. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, my <laughs> pick. Yeah. By far Cincinnati. I, I say by far loosely there too. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, uh, Union doesn't have a chance in this thing. They very, very much do. But I think that you mentioned, you know, Jim Curtin taking over as, you know, us men's national team coach, potentially. I kind of had that idea too, believe it or not, Hector. I think when, when I thought about that though, I thought about things like MLS cup, in my opinion, Gareth Bale may have taken over that final, but I think, the union were the more complete team last season and should have and kind of deserved to be the team that hoists the cup at the end of it, but they didn't. And I, there's this idea. I think that Jim Curtin is a bottler. I don't know if that's the case per se, but I could see them somehow getting the tactics wrong for this match. I don't know why. Um, and I, I, and again, I'll say I'll, I've said it on multiple shows. I think until the supporter shield winner and the number one seed in the East gives me a reason not to believe in them. I'm going to continue to believe in them. I think they're number one for a reason. So they may not win MLS Cup, but I, I have them getting past Philly in this one. Okay. Um. All right. The other matchup is second place Orlando City SC taking on third place Columbus Crew. I think the keys for me on this one is Columbus Crew is is uh keep that keep that attack silent for Orlando. I I think this is going to be a big one for them defensively, uh, to keep that attack for Orlando City. And I think for Orlando City is they got do what they do best, you know, make it their game. Don't let Orlando, don't let Columbus play their style of game. Cause if you do that, Columbus will win this matchup. Um, yeah. And because of that, that's why I'm going with Columbus crew to win against Orlando city. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think um, specifically that last point around not letting them get into a rhythm. I think if you, if you had to go back, if I'm Oscar Pareja uh, and I'm, I'm showing the team game film in terms of what I want to see, against the crew, I would show them the League's Cup match against Inter-Miami. That's what I would show them. And they lost that match. And, you know, it, it's fine. It is what it is because it's, you know, it was brand new messy, you know, mania. But in that match, they made Inter-Miami work for every blade of grass possible on the pitch. It was a shit show. Like, like it, it was physical. You know, it was the first time I had seen Messi. It, it's, it's when I saw Messi actually, like, give a shit about Major League Soccer. He was... He was fiery. He was getting feisty with you know, some of the Orlando players. He was um, caring about this in a way that I knew it was just the inner competitor coming out. I think Orlando needs to do that with this crew team. Force them to work for every part of the pitch they're trying to get into and ultimately just not be the first one to let up a goal. Um, I think if if the crew gets going, um, and especially if, you know, Nancy is, is, is he's so dynamic as a manager, if he starts figuring out how Orlando is set up, I think they're going to get picked apart. I think if I'm Pareja, man, just have them make this a dog fight, be fluid with your tactics, continue to be open to changing things on the fly. And then I think if, if, if they do all those three things in a really good way, they have a shot to win this thing. Um, uh, I picked. Orlando in my bracket are to go to go through um because they're the home team and because I think they, they can make this a dogfight. It's really, really hard to pick against the, you know the crew. I think if this was in Ohio, the crew wins this not easily, but in a pretty straightforward way. 
But look, man, I'll, I'll be the hot take person. I think across most MLS fans, I, I have the crew bowing out a little bit earlier than most people thought. I think that you know, Orlando City find a way to get this done, even if it is in the PK shootout. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think if there's a team that can take out Columbus crew, it is Orlando City. Yeah. Um, because if not, I, I can see Columbus crew just making it straight through to the MLS Cup. Yeah, I once agree. Again, but that, that once again, it's always that point where just because you're the most complete team or the best team doesn't always mean you're going to win the, the championship. Facts. Big so, facts. But I think if if uh, Columbus crew can get past Orlando, it, it's definitely a clear clear road for them to get to the MLS Cup. Still tough road, but still a lot clearer path for them. Yeah, if you think about it, this game will actually end up being more of a test for them than if, you know, let's say they get past, you know, Orlando and Cincy wins um, and and they meet each other in the conference final, right? I think that, you know, that um, uh, the Ohio-based matchup between them two actually favors the crew. I think that, that that's going to be, even if they have to go to TQL, I think it's going to be, um, you know, uh, it's going to feel like it's a home game for them. And that's where Columbus crew are very lethal, very scary. Uh, they have probably the most lethal finisher in the league, in my opinion, in Cucho. Um, and so I think, you know, with if he is firing on all cylinders against Orlando, it's going to be very difficult, which is why from the very beginning, man, you, you got to make him uncomfortable. You got to, mm-hmm. if you're the defense, right, pull on him, tug on him. You know, every time he moves the ball to someone else, give him that little nudge, that shove, whatever it may be, throw him off his rhythm. And if that happens, I think Orlando have a shot at winning this game. And so I, I'm going to stick with the home team. Yeah, I got you. I also think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe all of the Eastern Conference teams have home field advantage for the MLS Cup final. They do. Um, they do. Yeah, so, <laughs> so big yikes on that one. So as we yep. go and transition to the Western Conference, we'll start things off with fourth place Houston Dynamo going up against the eighth seed Sporting Kansas City. Um a lot of history between these two teams. Um, this is one of Facts. those rivalries. Uh, people don't don't know that, but that is a rivalry between the Dynamo and Sporting Kansas City. We were both in the Eastern Conference together, and then we both moved right back to the Western Conference together. So there's a lot of history. A lot of playoff, big cl- playoff matches have been played against these two teams. Um, Kansas City, the hot team right now. Houston Dynamo. You know, I, I told I, I'm not trying to be biased by all means, but I did say a team that can win in all different ways, and the Dynamo has pretty much done that, has been able to win in all different ways with yep. no one knowing who the hell is scoring the goals. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, shoot, we got right back scoring goals for us. Yeah, <laughs> so I agree, uh, man. I agree wholeheartedly. So obviously, everyone knows I'm rooting for the Houston Dynamo. And I'm picking the Houston Dynamo, but. Let's you're you're the unbiased person here. So go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and go off. As, as a Dallas fan, I wouldn't say I'm completely unbiased, but I, I will say this. Um, I think you know, people will read too much into the two shootouts and three against the against Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake's a good fucking team. Nobody can discount them. It, I think Salt Lake, had they not played Houston, probably actually would have found a way to get through almost a, against almost any other team in the West. Like I, I really believe that they would have made it just as much of a game against anybody else. But here's the thing. I think um, I do have Houston going through. Uh, I'll give you my pick now. It's it, I, I have Houston going through, but, dude, it is going to be a shootout. I think the only other team that has as many options going forward to create goal-scoring opportunities as the Dynamo are Sporting Kansas City. You know, Johnny Russell, Daniel Shaloy, Alan Pulido. Like, there's they have so much, work, you know, working in their favor offensively. But, you know, with that said, they – 
do let in goals. Um, I know St. Louis didn't pump any in, but you know, we've seen that um, over the last quarter, you know, let's say 25% of the season, you know, they'll, they'll have some big scoring games, but equally they'll let in a goal here, two goals here, whatever it may be. So there's going to be opportunities for Houston to score. I think this being at in Houston, you know, bodes very, very well for Dynamo fans. Um, but be careful, right? I think the momentum you get from upsetting a number one um, can be lethal, but equally on the other side of that coin, bro, Houston is playing with house money right now. At the end of the day, after the first two months of the season, who had them even getting close to this point? Nobody. And I think even Peter Vermees, the manager, will tell you that himself. He probably thought he was going to get fired at some point. Um, and, 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 and maybe not, who knows? He's been here forever. But with that said, right. Um, as much experience as they have, uh, you know, I, I think sporting Kansas city feel like they're playing with house money, but equally they, they could also feel like they've already won MLS cup by beating their biggest rivals, right. Their cross state rivals in St. Louis city, SC upsetting the number one team. Maybe they get a little bit complacent heading into this one game playoff where anything could happen. And on the road, right? If Houston scores first, are Sporting Kansas City going to be motivated enough to really make this a game? I don't know. Um, a lot, a lot of high-scoring potential in this one. I expect this out of all matchups, right? East and West combined. I expect this one to be the highest scoring. Um, I have Houston going through, but it could be like a three-two or something. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. we'll definitely see. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be big, especially on. Onshinchenko and uh and that back line for them to stay structured enough because I mean I love Steve Clark but the dude's a fucking wild card <laughs> sometimes yeah but, but 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 he's looked decent like even he's against been, Salt Lake. he's yeah. been phenomenal this season um mm. it's crazy to think that he wasn't even put up for goalkeeper of the year uh for some odd reason I didn't think I'm not saying he's, he should have won but it's weird that he wasn't even mentioned uh, yeah 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 it, it, I think it was maybe again it's kind of like sporting Kansas City a little bit of the start of the year for Houston because you know the road record was so bad you're laying up so much so many goals and then offensively you know Houston wasn't scoring at the rate they're scoring now like mm-hmm. it was a lot of PKs that were that were kind of leading the way but the whole team has just gotten progressively better so while Steve Clark hasn't isn't you know nominated for that award I still think he looked really good against Salt Lake I expect him to look good against Kansas City and Houston's gonna need him to look good because like I said before they have a ton of options offensively yeah so so there's that and then the final playoff game in the conference semifinals is second place Seattle Sounders now the highest seed team in the Western Conference doesn't change anything they're, we're all going they're, they're all going to be on the road yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all going to be playing on the road and come MLS Cup but second place Seattle Sounders taking on third place LAFC I think this is probably going to be the most closest matchup of all of them this is going to be a real maybe this will be the dogfight in my opinion um seattle i know there's some very skeptic seattle sounders fans that don't know how the hell they got here as a matter of fact i don't even know how the hell y'all got here um (laughs) and then there's lafc the team that won the mls cup uh the last season not that same team from last year, which I, they I wouldn't say they were great in any by any means, but kind of that team that can win in multiple facets as well, which has been kind of the thing I keep saying about when it comes to playoffs. And I mean, they came up big, got a clutch goal from Gareth Bale, the highlight, le- legitimately the only highlight of his time from LAFC, and that's why nice. they won the MLS Cup. Um, but but yeah, Seattle Sounders and LAFC. I think the key is pretty simple for LAFC is. Uh, make sure Denny Boonga can somehow eat. Uh, yep. You know, if he's eating, they're winning. Uh, Seattle, 
I'm uh, this is where I'm kind of like I, I, it's kind of tricky for me, but I mean it's probably it kind of goes in hand with LAFC's key, which is keep Denny Bonga away from goal, like just keep yeah. him away from it. Um, so I mean both of them are in line with each other, which is one Denny Bonga's got to eat, and the other one's don't let Denny Bonga eat. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I think with this game. A lot of people, I, I, look, it, it will be close. I, I do think at the end of the day, it will be close for a number of reasons. And I don't want to go into all those today, but I, I still feel like this game, as much as it could be close, it could also be a game where Seattle walks out of there two or three to one, right? I, I think, and the reason I say that is because one, they're the best, I'm pretty sure they're the best defensive team in the West coming into playoffs. The only other team defensively that was just as good was FC Dallas. Now, equally with that said the offense for seattle is not that great um you know they struggle to score goals but what they've been fantastic at and again this is coming up against the only other team who was just as good as the you know defensively as they were is creating the goal scoring opportunities i think right now the only thing they're missing is the finish right and at some point you have to imagine that with the home crowd behind them and as someone who's lived in that seattle market that that crowd is everything for them um, and it's massive, right? It's such a huge boost. Um, I think that at some point they're going to find a way to make the offense click, whether it's through Jordan Morris, Raul Ruiz Diaz, you know, whoever it may be, they're going to find a way to get that precious goal um, that will allow them to build momentum offensively. Because keep in mind, right? I think across the two games, the two home games they had in round one against FC Dallas, they averaged, I think, 17 or 18 shots a game averaged right so that's a lot of offense they're creating um and they looked more explosive with the utilization of their outside backs and i've seen all season knew who was on a tear in that series against dallas um you know he didn't have any crazy assists or anything along those lines but it's just the runs forward it's just the threat that they pose on the counter when teams that are going up against them offer them when they push their numbers forward i think the lafc are going to try their hardest to give Bowanga the ball as much as possible. He's going to lead every attack. He's going to take, I don't know how many shots, probably more than a few from distance as well in this game. If he doesn't eat, like you said, I think Seattle has enough defensively to keep him at bay while creating that same amount of opportunities going forward. And then from there, it's just probability. What's the likelihood that Seattle's going to get a goal in this, in these 15, 16, 17 shots they're going to create potentially. I don't know. Um, I think it could be very close, but equally it could go just hard the way of Seattle. I'm going to gonna side with the Sounders. I think um, what, what I saw from them in playoffs looks like what we typically see from Seattle in playoffs. And even though LAFC are the defending champions, I think they haven't, they have yet to beat the Sounders in playoffs. And I think that Seattle at home is just a different beast this is Nico Lodero's last dance, his final run with the Sounders. He has yet to start a playoff game with them, but I think that this is going to be when it all changes. I think uh, they're going to bench Chu. They're going to find a way to put in Nico Lodero as a starter, and I think the whole game flows through him offensively as well. So uh, I'm going to pick Seattle. I think LAFC should be relatively impressed, or not impressed, but I think relatively okay and comfortable with how this season has gone You know, so far for the most part. It was in 2022. Um, but I think that, you know, the Sounders will have them bow out uh, at this point, and it'll feel kind of like what every other exit from a cup competition has felt like for LAFC so far. 
Yeah, I'm also going with Seattle. I think that their back, their the defense is going to be fine. They're going to be able to keep Denny Bolt. I think this is where LAFC, maybe what they've been usually rolling with, isn't going to work out for them. Yeah, and, and that's with their back line. And you're right the 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 creation, the creativity of what Seattle has. The finishing is going to be the question, but I mean, if you're able to keep Denny Bolonga quiet as long as you can, someone's going to come up. And, and, I, and you, like you said, Seattle, one of the hardest places to play, and especially in a playoff setting. Um, so I, I agree 100%. So I'm going with Seattle as well. But yeah, guys, MLS Cup Conference semifinals. It is going to be this weekend. Make sure you guys check it out. It's going to be exciting. We're just, we're almost there at the MLS Cup. And it's going to be really exciting, man, to to see who who ends up lifting it. Hopefully, it's going to be a new champion, um, or maybe a champion that hasn't seen one lift lifted a trophy trophy in like three. You know, looking for the third trophy. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. We'll 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 see. We'll see, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely see about that. But all right, thank you, Jose, for your time, man. Obviously, this is your time to go ahead and shamelessly plug yourself. Yeah, absolutely, man. Look, first off, if you guys haven't tuned in to either Wake Up MLS, if you're an MLS fan, or Yanks of the Round Table, if you're a Premier League fan, guys, go check them out. Um, they're on Goals TV. That's G-O-L-Z dot TV. That is some of our in-house first-party content. It features guys like Hector, got, uh, other creators that are on Goals TV as well. A lot of fans around the world feel like Americans don't know ball. We're proving them wrong every day for the most part. There's a shit take every now and then. But for the most part with those two shows, and we have plenty more in the works. Um, But outside of that, man, I I really can't thank Hector enough for having me on the show. I I mentioned in my last uh, appearance here that I love talking ball. I love talking MLS. I love just having these conversations, man. So anytime you want me back, I am yours. I appreciate it. And uh, guys, for for all the MLS fans who maybe are just a little bit bored through this international break, like get excited, get ready. This Saturday, the playoffs are coming back. I'm super pumped for it. Everybody should. I'm hoping we don't see, you know, a a decline in viewership or anything else. We need to be like, you know, supporting these games as much as we possibly can. Because as soon as we hit, you know, end of the year, the games are gone forever. So uh, well, at least for the next few months. Right. So uh, let's let's definitely, you know, be excited about it. Tune in. It's going to be awesome. A shit show in the best way possible. And uh, if you haven't already follow insert name FC, go support the show. Um, I definitely do whenever I can. All right, man. So thank you so much for your time. And we're going to go ahead and segue right into players of the week. So go ahead. Enjoy what the hell me and I were talking about there. (laughs) And we're back. Thank you again so much for Jose Teas to step in and talk some MLS with us. It's always great to have him there. Make sure you guys check out goals.tv for the Hulu of American soccer content. Just be on the lookout, man. It's a great, great content over there. And it is free right now to subscribe. So take advantage right now before it gets big. And remember, if you guys want news and highlights of the USL Championship, League One, League Two, you can find it all on Goals TV. All right, so <laughs> Players of the Week. Players of the Week is brought to you by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is an amazing apparel company brought to you, all partnered up with the Player Associations of Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, National Football League, and so much other great designs. These designs are amazing. As a matter of fact, I got my Kyle Tucker shirt on right now. It is one of my favorite shirts. The material is amazing. The design is incredible. If you guys don't know, it says, if nobody got me, Kyle Tucker does. Um which he always does. <laughs> please stay. Please stay with the Houston Astros. Um, he's still gonna stay with the Astros. He just, you know, people want him to sign an extension. 
as I as as also I do. Um, but these shirts are amazing. The feel is incredible. And quoted by Kelsey Coyne of High Low Sports, it has passed the Fat Boy test. What is the Fat Boy test? You reach, you put your arms up when you're trying to reach something top shelf, and if your stomach isn't hanging out, then it has passed the Fat Boy test. Um, but yeah, and then obviously the best part, it, it it does go straight to the players that are being featured on these shirts designs. So if you guys love all that and you guys want a little bit more of a reason to go and um, go and shop over there at intheclutch.com, if you guys use the code insert name at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. So thank you again. Intheclutch.com, use the code insert name and save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. Edward, who's your player of the week? All right, so my player of the week is, and we referenced him already, is Darwin Nunez from the Uruguay-Argentina game. He actually scored a goal in the 2-0 against Argentina, and that was actually the goal that went between uh, Martinez's legs. So, yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, I could have played, you know, somebody else, but I felt that Darwin Nunez kind of deserved it. He's been he's been finding his game, so why not? He's one of my favorite strikers right, right now, young buck. So he's got it. Okay. But Hector, who's your player of the week? My player of the week is Chesigwet, who scored two goals in Egypt's two nil victory against Sierra Leone. Uh, also, nice. Africa going through their World Cup qualifiers as well. Nice. That's a good one. So congratulations to Darwin Nunez and Trezeguet for being our players of the week. Once again, go to intheclutch.com, use the code insert name, save yourself 10% off your purchase. We do have some games this coming weekend. Uh, not m- mentioning the, the leagues that we normally talk about on this podcast, we do have the U-17 World Cup quarterfinals. So if you guys want to see the future of the international game at the U-17 level, games are pretty early. I will tell you that it's like 4 4 a.m., 5 a.m. because they are playing in Indonesia, I believe. But if you guys want, if you guys have some time to watch the future of the game, go ahead and check them out. It, you're always going to find the next upcoming star over there in the U17 World Cup. Um, FC Twent versus PSV Eindhoven in the Netherlands. If you guys want a reason, want a reason why, not besides Chucky Lozano, Ricardo Pepe, uh, Malik Tillman, and Sergino Dest to watch these games well psv is currently undefeated has not not only hasn't lost a game but also hasn't drawn they are on a winning streak since starting this season so do they continue that streak going or does 20 a team that is also doing pretty well in the netherlands have something to say with the best team right now in the added divisi Mm. mls of course conference semifinals man if you guys want to know who is going to be in the final four of the MLS Cup playoffs? Well, this weekend is a big one. Um, we had it took us 21 days to finally to finally get to here, but here we are. So, so make sure you guys watch that. Liga Mekis. If you guys didn't weren't able to catch last week's episode, Liga Mekis playoffs. It is the playing round. So if you guys don't know, um, on Thursday, you know. So if you guys listen to this episode, it was on Thursday, so day before. The seven and eighth seed played against each other in a game to see who plays the second seed in the quarterfinals. And the ninth and tenth seed played against each other to see who would play against the loser of the seven and eighth seed matchup 
winner of that game is going to be this weekend. We'll play in that game to see who faces off against the first seed, which is Club America. Club America. Um, I know I probably confused the hell out of everybody with that, but that is the new Liga MX format. So we'll find out who's playing against Club America this weekend in Liga MX. Yep. Edwards just dumbfounded that that's the that's the new playoff format for Liga MX. Yeah, I I basically went into the whole um. Zach Galifianakis thing, like that meme, when you're trying to do math in your head and you have that face. You're talking about the hangover meme when he's counting cards? Yep, yep. Oh, okay. That's exactly what my thing is going on for. All right, yeah. So we'll see who who has to play Monterrey and who has to play Club America in in the quarterfinals of Liga Meggies. In League O, we got PSG taking on Monaco. Remember those guys? And Lyon, who is still terrible, taking on Lille. Obviously, guys, I'm still de- I'm still debating on the jersey pen. I'm not I'm not gonna make it official right now. <laughs> he's he's really thinking about it. He's like, mm. um, in the Bundesliga, we got Borussia Dortmund taking on Borussia Mönchengladbach. The battle of the Borussias. I don't know if that yeah. means anything. <laughs> B- the BBs. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you took Whoa. it. You took it the wrong way there, Hector. <laughs> um. VFL Wolfsburg taking on RB Leipzig, also going on in the Bundesliga. In the Serie A, we got three big matches happening this weekend. Atalanta taking on Napoli, AC Milan versus Fiorentina, and Juventus taking on Inter Milan. Some big matchups that are going to be very big on the race for the Serie A. Damn, yeah, those, those are big ones. In La Liga, we got Real Sociedad taking on Sevilla, who is also terrible. And Real Betis taking on Las Palmas. Okay. Also debating on Sevilla. That's uh, the other jersey bet I'm debating. I'm debating on. And in the Premier League, we have a heavyweight matchup. Manchester City taking on Liverpool. And Tottenham versus Aston Villa. So, let me. Can I ask you who you think is going to win on Manchester City versus Liverpool? Liverpool. Really? I'm gonna go with Liverpool. Wow. Okay. Man City has not looked like the Man City from from before, and this from Liverpool the Champions team, League? and this Liverpool looks nice. They look polished. They look so much better. Yeah, like I mean, to be honest, to be honest, Man City does look good. It's just I think not not what up. we usually expect from them. Is not, what I'm not, saying. Not, not, not exactly, but well, this I is not the it, this think, is not the same Manchester City from last year. I think I think what it is is everybody caught up already. They've got polished. They they yeah. needed they ah. got the players that they needed, so, and then they just so you know when we Manchester talked to, United, I don't know what the hell they got so polished that they probably fell off the table. Shit. Bro, I seriously <laughs> still can't believe how how they let Cole Palmer go to Chelsea. <sighs> I did not get that. No, I, mm. and this isn't me saying like, oh my god, you know, you know that Cole Palmer is like the world's great, greatest. But I'm not saying that. But it was like weird how that kid every time I watched him play scored a banger of a goal when he was with yep. Manchester City, and so he, they, you know, they let him go to Chelsea. I believe on loan. I don't think it's a transfer. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but you know, obviously, he scores the the penalty to tie it up, and then you know, does like the shrug, like kind of being, 
taking Jack. Maybe he did get transferred. I mean, if you're gonna be that petty, um, but like, yeah, Cole Palmer, bro. Like, I think that kid's gonna be so good. Uh, him and, yeah. and Nico Lewis. Nico Lewis is also gonna be really good. I, I I can't wait to see how that kid develops. But anyways, yeah, heavyweight matchup: Manchester City versus Liverpool. That's gonna be a very very juicy matchup this weekend. Um, but yeah, man. So not all the game. There's obviously there's a ton of soccer that you could be watching. But if you guys need a, you know, well, a beginner's guide, if you will, well, here you go. Some pretty key matches that you could probably enjoy watching this weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll go right into our Reddit reading. And the topic is Ask Men. So get ready for that. Hey guys, this is Hector from the Insert Name FC podcast here to tell you guys about Candidips. It is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD. In a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective, it comes in five core flavors, wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. Candidip CBD is the new evolution in dip, allowing guys to enjoy great, long-lasting taste without the downsides. If you guys want to go ahead and try them out, use the code BELLYUP20 at CandidipCBD.com. Once again, BELLYUP20 at CandidipCBD.com, and you'll get yourself 20% off your purchase. Thank you again for Candidips for being a great partner of BellyUp Sports. All right, guys. So we're so we're doing another Reddit reading. We actually enjoyed the "Am I the asshole?" topic, but we're gonna switch it up with a new uh, section of Reddit, and that is "Ask Men." So this is where women, or maybe some p- future young men, some young men that are trying to get the answers from men that have figured it out or somewhat figured it out. If you're being that way, um, questions. <laughs> And they and that that they're just so curious about, and they want the answers. So we'll see if me and Edward are literally man enough to answer these questions. So, so this, should, this should be fun. Should be fun, right? But all right, Edward, this is the this is the first. So I got five questions that I found that I thought were awesome to go ahead and answer. It none of them are inappropriate, depending on how you feel. <laughs> um, maybe some some of these might feel inappropriate, but. It, they're also going to be really funny. The mixture of funny, serious, whatever. But anyways. All right. Question number one, Edward. Get ready. All right. Do you use that opening in your boxers slash briefs to pee? Or do you just pull down the top of your boxers and briefs? That little opening just doesn't seem that useful. Thank you in advance. Huh. The opening. First off, are you a boxers or briefs guy? I'm a boxer briefs guy. Okay, I'm also that. So, I do, like, personally, me, I do the pulling over or pulling the, the shorts down. Yeah, I, I've never actually, like, stuck. Never used, never used <laughs> I, the hole. I never used that. I really don't understand the purpose of it, honestly. Also, yeah, I, I've never seen the benefit of that weird little opening thing i don't know if that's what it was meant to be for i don't know if it's meant for you to like just you know take your pp out on it but uh it's not comfortable at least it doesn't look comfortable so i i I, yeah i just i just i just you know i just pull it down and then just you know pee um so yeah so yeah there's yeah so pretty easy question um it is something that now i'm now interested of what's the point of that opening (laughs) right might have to do some research on that one. So, question number two. 
Honestly, how thoroughly do you wipe your butt? What about cleaning it in the shower? Ooh. Ooh, that's getting a little bit, I'm not trying to, no pun intended, you know, a little bit too deep. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> All right. So here is my process of wiping my ass. I get a wet wipe. You know, I'll, dude, I, I freaking love wet wipes. I, I don't, I, oh, yeah. th- judge the me. Baby judge, wipes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love baby wipes. It, it is amazing. But yeah, so I go, I, I first use a baby wipe. And and then I use regular toilet paper to just, you know, just to dry myself off, but also get anything that's left over. But I will say there is a struggle, especially depending on what you've eaten that day, that it might take a few. It might take a few wipes. Oh, like, Jesus. Um, I will say I usually keep going till there's nothing left, if that makes any sense. That boy basically burns the earth. Well, I mean, not that, but uh, like uh, basically I do. I I I I just do like some wipe like check wipes to see if like anything's still there and if there's still something there then I just keep you know obviously I keep going until it stops, but yeah so that's that's basically my process I don't know what's your process? Uh, about the same to be honest with you. Over here judging me and it's the same thing that I do. Well, I mean no, I use okay, a, but, so I use I but, use a, I use the bit the bit, the wet wipes, but I actually use the scented ones. Cause I won't be smelling. I don't. I smell like ass and shit. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. Uh, but the follow-up question: Have you ever thought about cleaning it in the shower? I do. What do you mean? I've got to clean it in the shower. No, are you talking about like once you take a shit, just jump in there like a little kid? I think that that's what she, I think that's what the follow-up question. Is. I will say if I have and this and this did happen a few times for me when I was in the Marine Corps and I forgot to put toilet paper. Um, oh, yeah, then, then I'll just like quickly hop in the shower. But, uh, but luckily that doesn't happen as often as you think. Um, but yeah, so like that's you, that that's like a, if all else fails, uh, I've heard some people that are willing to sacrifice clothing <laughs> to, cause, cause there's no toilet paper, you know, it's the, the underwear, the one you're trying not to stay, you just go ahead and use, and then you just go commando after that. Yeah, I just go commando. I've heard some people that do that. Uh, once again, these are all like if all else fails. and But those are also if you're in like a public place. It's a little different when you're in your own home. But yeah, if yep. I've been in a few situations where I did, didn't actually restock on toilet paper. So I, I yeah, I just took a shower. And uh that was only like two days that i did that and then eventually i finally went, had time to go to this to like the store and go buy some toilet paper but uh but yeah it shower is an option it's just uh it's just if all it's an all else if all else fails kind of option like if you really just have nothing on you i do know some people that did use like clothing um so let that sink in for a bit but yeah yeah all right question three do you ever worry about what your friends think of the attractiveness of your girlfriend slash wife like, like, are you ever worried that people you don't find her good looking or judge you for being with her? Also, this person wanted to add, this question is obviously coming straight from my insecurities, LOL. Do you hmm. worry about your friend? Let, let's like go, let's go question by question here. Do you ever worry about your friend, what your friends think of the attractiveness of your girlfriend slash wife? No, no, not really. It's like it doesn't matter. At the Here's end of the, the day, I'm the one. Uh, wait, no, say, say it. Can you go ahead? Okay. 
if I'm inviting you to my friends and I'm not like, it's not like we're talking, but uh, uh, you can tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong for this, but I do think that guy friends are a little bit different than what women have in friends. Cause when you're your bros, you're your bros, you're your boys. Like it's not, uh, oh, it's yeah, not it's as 100%. And, and, and there's codes within the boys. Like if you have that yeah. one friend that's slimy, that, that does that turn, there's a big chance either he's not your boy or he has a line, which is usually, you know, his friends, boys, his boys, girls, you know? Yeah. So, but when, when you bring a girl to your boys, like it's not they're one, they don't really care about all that. They just hope that you guys mesh well with your boys. Cause these are the yep. people that they're going to be seeing more, you know, like of a recurrence. So like, you know, so you hope that they gel well, but usually you're, I, I, and I'll be honest with you, like, you know, you know, and Edward can even tell you, like, I have never been nervous about letting, you know, Edward's met some of the girls I've dated. Um, I never felt worried that Edward was going to think they were ugly. And most of the time, Edward's like, like, to him, it's not that they're not attractive. He just doesn't look at them that way because he's like, that's my boy's girl. Yeah. So, yeah, with me. So what it is with me. And it's also um, it's the same way with me. Like if Edward introduces me to a girl, it's not like, oh man, she's hot. I'm like, no, that's my boy's that's that's my boy's girl. My best friend. So girl. yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like it's so weird. Like he goes out with a girl, and for example, he went out with a girl, and then I told him something about her, and I was like, bro, I was like, I. He was like, oh yeah, this is my girl, and I was like, all right, cool, like whatever. I didn't find her attractive. I didn't find, but I didn't find her unattractive, and I didn't find. It was it was weird. Like I I just didn't. Wait, is this Evelyn? As, no, the the one oh. before. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And then and then I said I said the I still remember I still remember. I said, dude, the first thing I noticed for her, I was like, dude, she's got tiny ass legs. Like they're skinny, and he's like. What he's like, so everybody else noticed something else, and I was like, bro, I was like, no, and I was like, I, I noticed something else. I was like, the the ankles. Remember I told you? Yeah, I remember that, but it was just kind of yeah. funny because like she's like, she's got tiny legs. I was like, well, you know, I'm not very tall, so I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was like, so, so it works out for me, and I was like, all right, I get it. Uh, we we all can't be five foot nine, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I remember man. that. Yeah, um, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the thing is, like, it's not about picking and choosing what you see. It's like, it's like, depends on how you feel about your bro. Like, you know, like you, you either find that person attractive or not, and then it's like, that's it. Like, that's it. Yeah, I, up, I think there's then, a there's also a level of respect, you know, when it comes to your boys. Like, yeah. Once again, it all goes back to I like beauty is on the eyes of the beholder. What you find attractive isn't necessarily attractive to me. So like yeah. it, it that always goes back to it. So like if it, it, it one it doesn't matter if the person's attractive or not. Like all that matters is that they love the person that they're with, and you know, yeah. and that person being my bro. So I can care like I can care. now the personality that's a whole different level uh, of because you know we we we've all you know especially with 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 my friend my group of friends we've you know we've met their per you know. Some guys are different. Like me, like I'm not gonna let my boys meet just anybody. And the same, they're like the same the same way I, I view my family. Like I'm not gonna let my family meet just anyone. Um, so same thing I'm gonna do with my bros. 
And, uh, but there is some guys that, you know, this is the person I'm with. So I want y'all to meet them. And, and that's cool with me too. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, it's not going to bug me, but I have met some people with some, pr- some of some of the people that they did that are had some pretty bad personalities that I don't personally like. And unfortunately some of them are still with them. Um, but, but that's, but once again, that's my bro. That's who they want to be with. And that's, that's all that really matters to me. And that's, that's all I'm going to throw from there. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, just how you said it, man. It's like, it just depends. As long as, as long as she's making my bro happy, as long as she, he finds her attractive and that's, it's exactly what he wants. That's it. Yeah. And so attractive isn't necessarily the, the issue is more so like, are they just cool? Like, are they nice? Are they, you know, fun? Like, I mean, that's what really matters. But, like, yeah, there's some people, you know, it's one of those things that, like, but you're not you're not going to, like, one, you're going to be respectful to your friend. So you're not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I'm also not going to, like, you know, obviously I'm going to consider their feelings, but, like. Yeah. But, yeah, same thing. We don't, we're not judging who the person, what, who the person brings to, brings to us. You know, we're just like, okay, clearly this is someone that our our bro wants us to meet and we're going to be respectful and get to know them, you know, whether or not they want to talk or not. That's a whole other, a whole other issue, but you're going to at least put, put in the effort to get to know this person. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that kind of sums up the second question. Cause it's like same thing. It just, it's basically repeating the first question. Um, but yeah. ho- hopefully you're able to overcome those insecurities. All right. Do guys really appreciate a woman that makes the move? Whether you are newly dating or married for years, I want him to feel wanted by me and I want to convey that. Or do guys feel it could be threatening to them a little bit? I know it sounds weird and maybe old school, but I always wondered what that what the answer is. All right, coming from a guy that's just very like oblivious because I mean, you you know, I'm not going to, I'm really bad at telling if people like me or not. I am. So, and also I'm really bad at telling if I'm flirting or not. Um, and Edward can vouch for that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, if, 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 so like, honestly, if you guys are very upfront, I'm actually, I might respect that more because like, I, I, the reason why I don't try to, like, I'm, I'm, I, I still ask people out, but the reason why I don't really tend to ask people much is because, like, I'm like, I'm not just, I'm not sure if they just, you know, think I'm just funny or think I'm not a nice guy or they think they just think of me as a friend. So I just usually don't do a go for it. But if, if, if girls were, if women were more upfront, if there was a woman that just like genuinely liked me and wanted to go out with me, I wouldn't say no, you know, so. Well, I feel like I call, call myself hard, but I, I, I appreciate it. I actually appreciate them being upfront is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and this whole, like, this isn't like, oh, you know, it's the men's job to ask them out or anything like that. It's just, you know, if you find me attractive and you want to tell me, like, I mean, that I, I appreciate you telling me, you know, so that's all that really, that really matters. Um, But yeah, I think there's some guys out there that wouldn't mind being asked out. Um. And if it's that, if it if that is really a big issue, then that's probably not somebody you want to be with anyways. If it like it bugs them that that you ask them out first, so if that that should be a sign right there. 
I, I just kind of go with it is, is what I am. But, uh, Edward, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with you, like, 100%. So, I mean, you basically said it all there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't have much to say because it's like you already said it. Perfect. All right. No, I wouldn't take it back. All right. This one has two edits along with the question. So there was updates on this one. All right. Did your friends actually invite me or are you just being nice to not make me feel left out? Okay. Wait, 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 what? Did your friends actually invite me or are you just being nice to not make me feel left out? All right. So basically this is like, if you're, you're going out with your, you know, going out with some friends. Now there's two differences versus a bro out and just going out with friends. When you're out with the bros, it's just you're going out with the bros. Whether it's just hanging out, yeah. just hanging out at a bar, or going going to play pool, or or yeah. going, you know, like just if it's just with the boys, that's that's literally what it is. Sometimes it's just being in front of a fire pit, like it, it, we're very simple. We're not that's you don't we're not doing these like into deep discussions of life or anything like that. Um, Most of the time, we're just fucking talking memes, talking random shit. Yeah, yeah, literally. Much. So, but. If we're going, if we're if we're just going out for an outing, like if we're gonna go to a bar, and it's like it's not a bro out, so if you want to bring your girl, that's great. That's probably like the that's literally probably the invite. Like, yeah, bring your girl too. It's fine. Yeah. So and then, because the thing is, okay, let's put it this way, and I'll put it this way in as gentle as I can. All right. It's if we're going out with the bros, and if they say you can bring your girl if you want. Secretly, the guy just wants to have a bro night. Not even going to lie. But you'll make the conversation and you'll say, they said you could come if you like. But it's like, you also have to understand to read between the lines because you're a guy, if, if you're going out with the girls and you're going to go have your girls night or whatever, you would be telling the guy, hey, you can come if you want. You know? So it's like, you have to you have to know who's going to be there most of the time a lot of girls ask so who's going to be there you know if you tell them hey so and so wants to go or you know i got invited to go out and be like so who's going to be there usually it's either two things it's one you know the insecurities kick in or two she genuinely wants to know uh, to be fair there. though also you don't want to be the only girl at the, like, the well, well at okay, the bros so that's, night that's what that's that's where i'm getting my conversation if she asks who's going to go She's asking because she genuinely wants to know where the insecurities, and if she genuinely wants to know, if she sees that it's going to be the bros, like literally the, the bros, the ones that you basically act a fool around, she's not, she's going to be like, no, you know what, have fun, go and have fun. But if it's like people that she knows on her side as well, the circle of friends, or it's like, you know, kind of couple-ish kind of deal going on, or it's just like some guys that you know, but they're like, they're cool, whatever. Then maybe she'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, let's let's go, you know, like let's let's go. Yeah, Hector right. has Hector so, Hector has like what maybe what is it six? How old are the boys? Six. So let's say seven years since I've actually been like, hey, this is my bro. Like he has not he has not met a girl that I from seven years ago. Like since seven thanks, years ago. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for showing my, especially my love life here. Uh, no, but, no, that's me, fool. Yeah, I know. I'm I know. About me. I know. <laughs> Roughly about the same. And turn that to big. We're up to one. Um, 
No, but uh, well, four two on aggregate. Uh, but so, all right. To I, I think if if you're, uh, I, I think that's actually a really fair question, that, like a follow up question for for women. Like if 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 the if your if your boyfriend or husband or whoever says like, you know, if they're like, hey, they're invi- they're they're saying you can come too, and if you ask like who who all else is going, and if it's literally just guys, I would tell you probably for your for just for your sake. Just don't go. Like, just let you know. Let him have. Like, just it basically becomes a bros' night because you know, with you, it's not a bros' night. It's just, just everybody hanging out. It's just now you're the only girl. And and I mean, there could be it could be fun doing that too because you, especially if there's like the friends in that group that are still single. If you want, you could be like their wingman, and that's kind of cool. That one brownie points for you. Like they're like, yeah, we, you know, we fucking love this girl. Basically, is that that that's what you could do as your role. But if you don't really like doing that stuff, you could just come, you know, just like, yeah, that's cool. But don't be mad about it. That's the, the other thing, though. If you're gonna if you're gonna tell your guy like, yeah, go hang out with your bros, and and then you're mad about it the next day, then yeah, you're gonna that's also gonna hurt you in some way. But I, I would say like, ask who, who's going, and if there's like another girl, especially one that you're cool with, yeah, then I would say then that's a, a clear sign that it's not just a bros night. But if it's literally like no women, yeah, probably best if you're just like, oh, it's okay. I'll just do a rain check or just, you know, say you're busy or something. But here's the update. Well, update number one, just context. My boyfriend brings me around his friends all the time and always have a nice time. They are all really nice to me. I don't really take much space because I'm shy. And also they don't speak the same language as me. Yikes. Just saw a video guys talking about how much they hate when their friends bring their girlfriends with them. And it got me thinking, what if they actually don't actually do hate me? LOL. Um, they get, I, I think the thing is, is like, if it's a bros night, I think that's when it's like annoying when someone brings their girlfriend. Cause it's just supposed to be the boys hanging out. Yeah. So it's a, that, that's where I would say it's annoying. But if it's, if it's just like, Hey, me and so are going like me and my girlfriend are going to the bar. Like, you guys want to go, and then it's like, oh, we can make it the, make it a thing, right? So like, and then it's like everybody and their significant others, maybe some that don't have a girlfriend. That's a whole different thing. But when you're just like, like if it's initially just the boys, and most of the time they're just take they're just bringing their girls without even telling any anybody, and then you're just like, all right, cool, and then you just, and it, but it also depends on the girl because sometimes if it's that kind of similar to what I mentioned about you know. The you know sometimes their personality kind of sucks. It's kind of it's it's kind of an awkward night, and I've been there, especially with one that especially with one that was like just just was she wanted to go out, she was in a bad mood, and that ruined the vibe for everybody. Mm. So like that's what I mean. So like it depends who comes, but if it's like a person that's like you know fun and outgoing the one that maybe wants to be your wingman tries to get you a girl like that those most of the time are a great time but like it it also depends on the girl uh, on on what the on the girlfriend or the wife is like sometimes if if they're not the, like you know girl a the one that ruined the night for everybody because she was just in a bad mood and didn't want to talk and made it like super awkward the rest of the night you don't want to see that person but if it's the like right. fun quirky person then yeah you you basically one of the bros yeah like you're gonna you're gonna enjoy her enjoy being around her <laughs> fix the fix the language on that one um but yeah i mean people but yeah it, it, is it annoying sometimes yes yes it is it is annoying sometimes when guys 
bringing their girls with them. But it also depends on who they are. And, and if it was initially supposed to be like a bros night. Any, anything to say on that one? Nope. Okay. Uh, here's the second update. Thanks, people. I didn't mean this question to be very serious. Seems like it all depends on just being authentic and nice towards each other. I understand it's important to have guys only time. Thank you. As I also love girls only time. So I don't have problems with that. Just wanted to hear out people's perspective. Thanks. Yeah. Once again, um, like hanging out with the bros is not a big deal. Like, but I will say if you're going to go, if, if you do come to the bros hanging, hang out, like just, just get in on the fun. Like, yeah, we're guys. We're, we're, we're dumb. Our jokes are dumb. Sometimes don't make sense. We have some inside jokes. Like in my friend, in my friend group, like in general, we have some, some, some inside jokes amongst each other. And, and like, if you ask anybody else, it makes no sense, but around us, it makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, me, me and my friend, uh, me and my friends, we, we all start doing the wow from like the Owen will the, the wow that Owen Wilson says, like, you know, wow, wow. And it's, it, it all goes back to one night we, we were, you know, we were hanging out and we all decided to go to this, uh, Korean Mexican fusion food truck. And, uh, uh, it was free. Okay. When I say it was freezing cold, we're talking about like Houston, Texas, freezing cold. So like 50 degrees. So for us, that's freezing cold. Um, and so, you know, it was freezing cold. We're all like, in, you know, we're all wearing hoodies and, and, you know, stuff for the cold weather. And, you know, it was night, you know, it was like kind of, I think like near closing time for like some of the bars. So there, you know, we were talking about a food truck. So there's a lot of people that are, that probably went out to the bars and now drinking. And there was a girl in there that was just literally wearing a, a short skirts and a tube top. And I remember me and my friends were just, you know, one, we're, we're also intoxicated. Uh, and we were just like, you know, dang, you're not cold. I, that's literally what I said. I was like, dang girl, you're not cold. And she's just like, she's like, nah, this is nothing from me. I'm from New York. And you know, that led to me and my friends just roasting her for the rest of the night. We're like, Oh man, she different. She's from Brooklyn. <laughs> and if you guys don't know there was a movie that came out where j-lo uh marries owen wilson it's like the most random movie ever made but uh i was like okay you're like I, you're, you're like you're like j-lo where's your owen wilson and then we just started saying wow like owen wilson does and, and so like now our one of our inside jokes is with with each other is when we say wow um, so it's super stupid, but that's literally our humor. That's most most guys' humor is just like that. Um, but yeah, if, as long as you're you just go with it and have fun and just be 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 the boy, be you know part of the boys, they usually have a fun time. Yeah, sounds about right. But all right, man, that is episode one fifty three. Want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. Check out their website bellyupsports.com. Um, also follow them on Instagram and X at Belly Up Media and at Belly Up Sports. Um, if you guys were able to hear me and Jose Tejas talk about the MLS Cup semifinals, well, MLS Cup semi- MLS Cup conference semifinal. This is game so, so confusing. Quarterfinals. There's a quarterfinals. It's a quarterfinals. But if you guys want, uh, if you guys like the uh, us talking, well, go ahead and check out Gold CV. Gold CV. Jose Tejas once again is the founder of Gold CV. He created this amazing streaming service. For you guys, it is free to join right now. So go ahead and check out goals.tv. Follow them on Instagram at goals, G-O-L-Z.tv. And on the X at 
goals glz underscore tv great content not only that not only just from other podcasts around but they also have uh, some original content as well which is yanks of the round table and uh, wake up mls so some great content over there so go ahead and check them out and of course shout out to our guy roosevelt spencer the namesake of the roosevelt spencer's player of the year award which it is getting a lot closer now this race for the award but if you guys love the beats and the intros and every like when we do our singing bits, you enjoy the way our voices sound, even though in reality they're terrible. Well, follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Um, if you guys need some beat work done, message him once again on Instagram at that guy dope. Um, we love him. And so make sure you guys give him some love for sure. But yeah, yeah that is episode 153. Uh next week, well, more MLS Cup playoff talk, Liga Mackies. So you'll hear Edward talk about Liga Mekis in next week's episode. Um, but yeah, so some two big things going on. But And obviously more awesome football content coming your way. So thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week for episode 154. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs>